dead over there. No, she's alive. No, I'm just kidding. She does that a lot. She'll just lay there completely dead and not do anything. And then I mention her name. She's like, what the fuck? You good? <laughs> All right, you chill, you chill, you chill. Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of Frightmares. I'm your host, as always, Austin Proctor. And joining me across the table today is one of my other co-hosts, Mr. Corey Johnson. Hey, what's up, dude? Not a lot. Doing an episode on a weird day. Yeah, <laughs> no weird time too. <laughs> Usually, it's like Saturdays, ten to twelve. Um, and today, uh, actually, you weren't even supposed to be on this one. I was supposed to have Chris on, and then friggin' director guy was like, "Yeah, let's do this next week during the daytime." And I was yeah. like, Shh, "Okay, I mean, oh, that's fine, that's fine." I'm just not <laughs> used. To, usually, you know, he's busy like every Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. We'll we'll work it out through the week." And he wanted to do it like ASAP because of the new movie that just came out. So I'm like, let's just throw together this episode midweek. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'll edit it tonight. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so we are uh, talking to, uh, you said his name. Antoine okay. Lay. Oh, it's Antoine Lay. I, I, that is how I heard it pronounced okay. on another podcast that he did. Oh. So that Perfect. is what I'm going off of. Because yeah, I, I thought it was right. I thought it was Anthony Lee. So. <laughs> so so did I. So did I at first. That's why I went scrounging through the YouTube because okay, I was good, like, good. I, I gotta find it. I See, gotta figure it between out. Between both of us, we got this shit covered. So yes, <laughs> Antoine Lay. He's the director of Followed, which is a new. Well, I mean, technically, it was made in 2018. It was made two years ago. Yeah, but finally got released this year. And I know you talked about it episodes I, ago, like I, ages ago, like almost when we we first started the podcast and it makes sense because we started it you know late but, 2018 yeah so. so and i think what happened is because i was going through the old episodes and i couldn't find it it was from the one episode that the very first episode that you and i did where we got super drunk oh my and the God. file got corrupted oh that's when we that's, had to redo it yeah oh, so that i was like man why can't i find myself fucking talking about because <laughs> i was so hyped about it and i was yep. like oh yeah we had like a full two and a half hours that just yeah that into happened the yeah ether. that's happened twice now but now I've got this new setup which knock on wood won't happen again um, so yeah we we're super stoked for this movie because also it's found footage hello which is, which hello. is our favorite genre uh, if you if you, you all know this yeah I was gonna say if you've been listening to you know the past sixty episodes plus. Um, you know that me and Corey's genre is is found footage horror. We love it so we much. We will make ourselves sick on it. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Um, and I'm so excited to talk to a found footage director. I mean, because you know we talked to we talked to Nigel, and he was he was awesome. I really love the conversation we had. But this is a little bit different because you know Nigel kind of did it on his own, really, yeah. and he was really the the sole focus of the entire movie. So now we've got. Um, Antoine and he's got a bit, bit like a bigger cast. He's got you know multiple cameras and it's like a um, it's found footage, but like it's also kind of POV ish. So just from how the computer things the, going well, on, the way that I see it is there is a small but growing community on like YouTube and video streaming sites of people that do like urban exploration and like ghost hunts and horror stuff and like all these weird rituals like you'll like is in the movie there's like a road ritual and the elevator game which is obviously I'm excited featured. to talk about that yeah <laughs> so excited um, but there's like this contingency of that and all these videos you know they have pr some production value to them to make them interesting to view right so this is like borderline satire of that right but still you know almost paying homage to it as well. So it's it's like found footage meets 
amateur haunt show yeah. type of thing. So it's and, it's kind of like a weird mishmash genre. But it's per- it works perfectly, in my opinion, and it's a pretty relevant thing that's happening these days is people trying to get famous from YouTube or whatever, social yeah, or, media. Or like uh, like the new trend now, Randonautica. Have you heard about I that? I don't even, like, how okay. old am I? What the shit? <laughs> no, but you're on, you're on TikTok, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, okay. yeah, well, I occasionally well, there's So there's this app that has come out that says it uses quantum bloobity blue. <laughs> and, what, and what you do is you, like, put intention into your phone. Like, I want to make friends, or I want to see death, or I want to see something creepier. I want to see... So- and you put that intention in and you hit this button and it just pops up coordinates randomly within a reasonable distance of you. And you go there and you find what your intention was. That sounds fucking horrifying. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Oh, and, my and there's, God. There's like thousands of videos <laughs> on TikTok about this. And it's my new favorite fucking obsession. Oh, God. Check them out later. But so, yeah, like Ooh. it's. There's all this cool stuff that is going on like now, and this movie kind of mirrors all this like internet culture spook stuff, which is super awesome. Yeah, that's why I think I liked it as much as I did, just because of the fact that it just reminds me of people. See, have you ever seen Tragedy, Tragedy Girls, where it's the girls uh, are trying to get famous? We talked about this on the last episode. It's kind of reminiscent of that, but like found footage style and actually, you know, involving real. Things that because like there's stuff in this movie that are that's based off of real events that happen. Yeah, they're they're like it's, news stories. It's and fucking like, cool. You Google one of the the names of the actual people, and you will find dozens of multi minute long videos on YouTube, like video essays and breakdowns yeah. of some of this stuff. I mean, I typed in um you know Elisa Lamb's name, and you just get a yeah bounce like bounce oh, yeah. like so much stuff. Hundred percent. Like the uh, the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys. I don't know if you ever oh. watch that on YouTube. No. Wait, that's a wait, that's a watchable thing. Yeah, on YouTube. Oh, shit. Um, no. it's these two guys from BuzzFeed that go around the world and like look at mysterious and ghost stuff. Oh, yeah. And oh, they do I'm, they I'm do a ho- they do a whole one on Elisa Lamb. Oh, I'm so about that. Now, I, I do want to ask him when we get him because we're you know we're doing our little pre-show thing here before we get him on the phone. Um, I need to ask him because I tried looking at the hotel. I think I don't think the hotel that was the cause of Elisa, or not the cause of, but where Elisa Land disappeared, is the same hotel. I'm yeah, pretty... it's it's the Cecil Hotel. So the hotel, but he just named it Hotel he, Lennox. Yeah, I mean, there's a giant sign outside that says Hotel Lennox. Yeah, well, the the hotel's also gone through like different name changes. I think, but that's stuff. the actual hotel. So no, they didn't film in the actual. He talked about that on the other podcast, but uh, the the reception okay. was so terrible that it was like a 20 minute interview. I got through like six minutes oh jeez because like, uh, they were doing it all through like skype and it was just all crackly and it would cut in and out and yeah I, was like, he, I, I can't antoine asked about zoom and i was like we can try zoom but usually i was like usually just calling in usually works the best you know if for some reason it's you know not good we will we will try a zoom thing yeah but, we'll, um, we'll figure something out either way i'm excited to ask him all the questions that we have so that's pretty much this entire episode we're just going to talk to antoine about Everything about Followed. We're going to talk about his background of horror because I always like talking to my guests about that whenever they come on the show. Yeah, because now it's called the Stay on Main Hotel. Wow. It's like hundreds of suicides dating back to like the, what, like the 20s or something like that, I think I saw. Um, Hotel is old, dude. A lot of shit going on reputation there. Reputation for violence. <laughs> um, I'm just surprised that they got like, you know actual permission to film at that 
at that place. I don't think it was actually inside the okay. hotel. Maybe just like outside shots. Oh, cool. He just actually uh, emailed me. said, call me whenever you're ready. And uh, he gave me his phone number. So awesome. we'll uh, we'll give him a call here in just a few once we're done with this pre-show. Oh, BS. and the, the woman that got murdered that was known as the Black Dahlia? Yeah. She was also seen drinking at the Cecil Hotel like a bunch of times. Hmm. So it's like, the, is the Cecil Hotel what it's like most known for name wise? Yes, that okay. that is the that is the name of it. Okay. Except right. it's Stay on Main now. But stay yeah. on Main, yeah. And this is in L.A., um, Los Angeles. Yeah, yes. it's, like, it's like on Main Street in Los Angeles. <laughs> I mean, good grief! I've driven past it when I was in L.A. Oh, that's right, you were in L.A. for like a short, short yeah, period for like of time. nine months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You're like, hey, I'm moving out to L.A. Hey, I'm moving back from <laughs> moving back to Florida. <laughs> All right, dude. It Dude, happens. Fucking California is terrible. California. Just because. Uh, what reasons of, is, is it bad? So for the nine months I was there, it was like 108 degrees every single day. But it's a dry heat. Yeah, you feel. You feel. <laughs> I'd rather feel heat on my skin than in my bones. No, that's what they but, say. Yeah, I know. Dry heat <laughs> is worse than humidity every time, no matter what. I know. I was in Vegas in 2016 for EDC, and I was like, okay, it's a dry heat, no big deal. And I'm there. It's like 108 degrees, and then it's the like, wind. Two o'clock in the afternoon, and you're just yeah. baking. And it's you don't sweat, but then the the wind blows, and it's like, oh my god, am I getting a fucking convection oven of yeah, just it's, heat? Oh, it's, oh, it's terrible. It's fuck, bad, bad. fuck the whole dry heat thing. I'll take the humidity <laughs> and like ninety degrees over hundred and ten degrees. Fuck that. Okay, so that I didn't realize Cal. I didn't. Re- I know it got that hot, but I didn't think L.A. got that well, hot. I was two hours like semi northwest of L.A. Oh, okay, okay. I was in Bakersfield. Bakersfield. I only know that because the comedian talked about that one. Doug Benson. Yeah, so uh, Gabriel Iglesias is from the town right outside of Bakersfield called Oildale. Oildale? Yeah. Too hot. Just, that name just sounds hot. Like Oildale. It's, Good it's super God. methy, too. Good God. Uh, all right. Are you ready for this shit? Cause, like, I'm ready for I'm this ready, shit. I'm ready. I'm ready, but like... I'm, I'm like not ready because I want to make sure I'm on point here. I've got all my questions and all this stuff going on. Got I the, mean, got the elevator game right here, and I know so the floors. Y- you had to, you had to email a publicist person or a PR. Oh person. yeah. So he's looked into us. He knows what he's getting into. I would assume <laughs> so at this point because yeah, every time I've ever emailed. Uh, you know, like Nigel, I just emailed him directly because he has, you know, I'm pretty he sure his personal. Email yeah, he has his personal there, yeah. email. So I just email and we talked back and forth and, you know, we're like, cool, let's do the episode. No problem. And then I first we saw Antoine in the found footage group on Facebook and I saw him comment on something and I found out that that's the director. I was like, oh, shit, he's in the group. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw I saw him posting that the movie was going to be in uh, drive ins. And I was like, that's weird that this guy is posting about them being in drive-ins. Who is this guy? So I clicked on his profile. And I was like, director of followed. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, snap. So, yeah, he's in the he was in the group. And I he commented on something that you had posted or whatever. So I said, yo, you should be on our podcast. Like, yeah, shoot me an email. So I sent, or actually I sent him a Facebook message and then he told me to email him. And then after I emailed him, he was like, email my PR guy. And I was like, whoa. Was oh like, yeah. No, yeah. It, oh, it was, it. uh, it was me saying that we had mentioned me watching the trailer and being hype about That's it. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. like, oh, yo, I'd love, I'd love to hear about that. And I was like, all right, cool. And I started looking for it and I <laughs> couldn't find it. 
Oh, you couldn't find the trailer? No, I couldn't find the episode where we talked about it because it's oh, gone. Yeah, it's just erased from existence. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was super excited that he was that easy to get a hold of because, you know, like I've reached out to a lot of people, you know, um, and sometimes they will read the message and not answer me, which is really just a slap in the face. I don't like that at all. Um, or sometimes, you know, I just cannot actually get to them. So I, I really appreciate the people who answer me. Yeah. Like Nigel and Antoine. And I actually got... Um, uh, the one of the co-creators, I think it's actually the creator of Fright Rags, uh, Ben, who does the all the horror shirts mm -hmm. that I buy. I got him to come on an episode uh, later in October, so I appreciate everyone that reaches back out to me and says, yes, I'd like to do this because it means a hell of a lot to me. For someone to be like, yes, I would like to be on your show. Like it just, it really means a lot. So. And especially because it's, you know, we're not just reaching out being like, oh, yo, let me interview this guy because fucking let me interview this guy. It's it's always stuff that we like care about and that we hold kind of like close oh, yeah. to us in the in the horror world. So it's that much better when they're like, oh, hell yeah, I'll talk to you guys. Yeah. Like, we're just a couple of chuckleheads. Why would you talk to <laughs> us? But all right. Fuck. Yeah. And that's why I get so excited because they're like, you know, exactly what you said. We are a couple of chuckleheads and you're willing to just waste an hour and a half of your time to just just BS with me. So I, I really appreciate it. And um, I'm very excited for other other things coming this year that will later be revealed. But um, I think we should probably just give him a call. Yeah, Six let's do it. All right, so when we return, we will be with the director of Followed, Mr. Antoine Lee. I hope we've been saying that right the entire <laughs> time, because if not, I'm going to look like a jackass. So We should ask him off mic if we're, oh, we're pronouncing yeah, it correctly. Yeah. And then if we are, we'll just re-record all this <laughs> shit. Throw it back in in the middle. Cut and paste, y'all. All right, guys, so we will return in just a few moments, and due to airwaves of magic we will see you in a second normally start by going in to the uh the person's like horror background so to speak so what what was your first intro into like the horror genre like what was what was your first movie do you remember how old you are or, or old you were stuff like that yeah i mean you know uh, i'm pretty sure that i actually saw other horror movies before but i think the one that left a an impression on me when i was a child was uh Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Warriors. Oh. So that, I, I, I remember that clearly as well, because I, I think I had trouble sleeping after <laughs> seeing it, you know, <laughs> as, as a kid, right? Right. And uh, yeah, so I thought it was it ingrained in my head. Obviously, as I grew up, I realized that it's actually not scary at all. But, you know, as a child, <laughs> it was pretty terrifying. Uh, but I would say, yeah, that would be my first ever horror experience. Okay. What did you, uh, uh, as a movie. What did you like about it and what brought you back to horror movies in general? Um, so what I liked about it is, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you don't feel safe. And I think the, uh, you know, I watch, I, I believe that I actually seen, seen, uh, um, 
Friday the 13th and things of that nature, right? But those never scare me because I'm like, hey, as long as you can touch the person. In other words, like, Jason, hey, you know, like, I mean, yeah, so what if he's immortal? I mean, you have a gun or you have a knife, whatever. As long as you can physically hurt it, right. it's okay. I don't feel that terrifying, like, even if I die, you know? Like, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, right? But Freddy is like, dude, I can't even sleep. I close my eyes and all of a sudden I'm in this dude's world and I'm like, you know, literally, I'm a puppet. There's, I have zero control over it. Right. And I think that's something that, that, that makes me fearful the most which is like no control okay you and know I, and basically being uh the puppet so. <laughs> and, and i find that really interesting because pretty much exactly what you just said was the the entire feeling that i was getting through followed because it was like <laughs> there's something else going on here that i'm not privy to and i like it makes me a little bit anxious because like i'm like okay maybe it's this thing but it's actually that thing going on over there and it's it's that very kind of hands-off kind of yeah. feeling like I, I i have no control over what's going on yeah right right thank you for that yeah and 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 uh yeah as far as like my the type of horror that i'm into and that explains like you know some of my choices for the ghost is that because uh, you know if you ever seen any of the real you know real life footage of quote-unquote ghosts you know they captured on camera you'd never see the ghost right it's like they <laughs> always would need to like superimpose it i was like oh look guys there's a black there's a dark shadow that, that flashes by right <laughs> like have you ever like has there ever been freaking ghost captured you know on camera you know that looks like a ghost that you've actually seen in any other movie like ever right there's right. never right. been such a case right? right right and 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 to me i think that's like it's to me the thing that's more that's that or at least to me anyway it's just more terrifying that you don't see what it looks like you know that it's there you might have gotten a glimpse of it but then you don't really can't make it out like what the hell does it look like looks like right and uh even before making follow to actually interview a few people who claim to have seen ghosts before especially the mediums and all of that so they described to me what the ghost would look like that they've seen the ghost in real life that i you know they always say things like i really can't you know put a finger on it. i really can't describe it it's just strange it's like it looks human but you could tell by looking at it, it's like there's something off about it. You know, maybe the eyes are dead eyes, or you can't really see the eyes, or you can't really see the facial expression. But you know that it's something that is otherworldly, right. you know, so to speak. So, so those are the things that I did research on. Now, as far as how I why I came back to horror, to be completely honest with you guys, I never thought of myself uh, uh, as a horror filmmaker. Right? I enjoyed watching horror films. Uh, but before making followed, I I wouldn't you know that was like my third genre you know that that would I I be then that I would consider my favorite my favorite would be you know horror I'm sorry uh, a drama uh, action and then drama and then horror interesting right yeah and i only got into horror is because uh well you know i started a production company called viscape arts uh and and the film that i really want to make my 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 future debut is actually a uh, holocaust uh, survivor story you know it's a true to life story about a holocaust a survivor who lost his family you know uh, uh during the holocaust and then he basically fought back against the nazi and then he moved to the united states and then he got reunited with his sister whom he thought you know was also killed uh, uh during the war but she didn't right so it was a beautiful 
you know, human stories, very much like Schindler's List. And that's something that I really wanted to do. The thing is that I'm not, you know, I'm not considered a known filmmaker. I'm actually a financial advisor in real life. <laughs> you know, oh, that's wow, like okay. that's my day job. Yeah, that's I'm I'm a, I'm a wealth advisor for for decades now. Oh. So that's my real life job. And then no one is going to give me twenty five million dollars a budget to do the Holocaust film. <laughs> and I'm not. And and you know, I'm like this financial advisor dude doesn't have any like filmmaking. You know, uh, uh, school or anything like that whatsoever no one in the you have right no schooling at all no just like yeah my 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 degrees is business and finances i have zero <laughs> i would have not known uh, that from watching that. i mean dude followed i mean it's a it's a solid movie so i'm, the, I'm, I'm impressed that you have yeah, the production value yeah. well, i appreciate it and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why when i saw the trailer for it originally way back when i was like man this looks it just looks so clean because you're so used to seeing like grainy cameras and like handy yeah. cams and everything's all shaky. And even in the trailers, like the establishing shots, you're like, okay, this is like, I can see everything. It's, it's all clear. It, it's already <laughs> going to be a level of quality just based on how nice it looks. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah appreciate it. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, honestly, Fallout is more like the, the project that I just wanted to prove uh, to investors, so to speak, that A, is that I'm not just all talk. I, although I don't have any, you know, you know, film school experience or schooling and all that. I, you know, I watch movies all my life and I'm, I'm a huge film buff, right? So, that, so movies are my school, really. Right. right. So, so I would just tell people that, hey, I just want to prove myself that I could actually tackle in any genre. And the genre that I'm not familiar with was which is horror. And the secondly is that, you know, we didn't have that much of a budget. We have very little budget. So I couldn't really do the cinematic, you know, shot that I really wanted. Um, so I had to resort back to found footage, which, you know, to be honest, like before followed, there's only maybe about six found footage movies I've ever seen. Oh, and wow. that's you know the classic like the uh, the Blair Witch Project, um, the Paranormal Paranormal Activity one two three, and then I think the the marked ones right. Okay. So that's a that, that's a fourth one, and then uh, Chronicle. Oh, I love Chronicle. I actually just recently bought that on Blu-ray, and me and my wife watched it again. Oh, I, I love, love that movie. I love Chronicle. See, yeah. and Chronicle is the reason why I. I said, okay, it could work because you know, like you already know, found footage. There's certain things about found footage that you don't do. Number one, well, you know, which I broke all the rules by the way. Which is like, you know, <laughs> no sound, right? Like you're not you're not supposed to have no have any music or anything like that to make it real. But I'm like, you know what? As Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, they are masterpieces, right? I I consider them like truly masterpieces right. like they've done things that you've had it's just something that i'm like hey i'm not going to replicate that i don't know how how to even make it better so i'm not even going to try i'm just going to do it my own way so the way that i treated followed was what you know what can i do with the found footage format but turn it into a just a regular standard traditional you know film instead of a found footage just how we came up with the, the concept of hey make them vloggers because at least if they're vloggers you know, and you have an excuse to have, you know, editing as well as music because as an editor and all that stuff. So, so that's what I chose to, 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 to do follow down. And looking back is that, you know, I wish I had seen more found footage, to be honest, because, uh, uh, you know, now, like if you were to, to ask me to make a horror film right now, I can tell you that my horror film nowadays is going to be a lot more terrifying than what I've seen in Followed <laughs> because I've learned, I've leveled up. Like after Followed, I started watching found footage movies like The Hell House and all that. I'm like, oh my yes, God, this is freaking freak. incredible. 
Oh, like yeah. I'm talking about these are incredible movies, incredible movies that I really wish I had seen it so that I could at least not necessarily replicate it, but not follow into the same footsteps. So case in point, right? The whole glitchy effect thingy. I didn't know that it was overused in found footage. I thought that it was like something like, oh, guys, I thought of something cool. What happens if it goes so we have the glitch? Jesus Christ, they've been doing it to death, right? So I take full responsibility for that. No, but that actually, that, I, I think it worked though, because yeah, you do see a lot of glitches in cameras and you see the ghost glitching, but for what you did, it because me and Corey, this is our genre. We love found footage. Yeah, we this adore is, it. This is our number one in horror. Like it goes found footage, Co- then like Korean, Korean horror, yeah. and then everything else afterwards. So uh, so, yeah. so we're very judgmental to begin with, but when, see, I've been trained, like when the glitch happens, I look into the glitches, like I'll pause the movie to see what I can see, but your glitches made sense because thematically what was going on in the entire movie, it was like, okay, this is like a thing that makes sense. It's not just, oh, there's something spooky happening or, oh, there's a blatant goats there. You kind of worked it into the glitches and I... I think it worked. I know you you might think it's overused, but I mean it it worked really for me. When it's used, it's oh, used awesome. correctly. Yeah, exactly. When, exactly. Yeah, when it's used, it is used how it should be used, not kind of like a cheap effect like I've seen in dozens of other found footage movies. Like this actually worked. Oh, awesome, guys. That means a lot's given, you know, coming from uh, uh, you guys who are expert to film. So that means a lot. Thank you. You know, I, I don't I don't say expert. I say more like passionate hobbyist. Yeah. And, and, like, and that's why we reached out to you, because, you know, we do love found footage so much. And I know Corey has been waiting for this for a while. And then we watched it. And we were like, wow, this is exactly what I wanted from this movie. And then you were in that found footage group. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the director. Let's get him on the show. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, but, but yeah, that, that's how I came to to follow. It's just basically just a way for me to. I just wanted to make a movie with very limited budget and tackling on the two genre that I've never had any experience with. It's just a way for me to show investors like, hey guys, see my favorite genre is action and drama, right? Which is where I think I could really flourish and show my skills. So I'm gonna go ahead and do something that's entirely completely brand new, just to prove that hey. You know, I'm a fast learner. I can try to do this well. Now, will right? you and do more horror if, you know? Yes, I do. I actually get addicted to it because, right? <laughs> like, you know, after, uh, you know, after I've done followed and after I cut it, I get, uh, you know, receive feedback and all of that. I started to learn more. I started to dig deeper into the whole, you know, horror world. And, like, you know, and I'm really impressed with a lot of the new, you know, uh, of the elevated horror uh, uh, recently, as such as, you know, Ari Aster, Hereditary, oh, yeah. which. Hereditary to me, I think it's one of my favorite horror films. Oh uh, yeah, I, I love memory. you. Yes, that is like <laughs> one of the best movies. Oh my god, it's a it's a masterpiece. Yes, man. it's like yes, it's the sort of thing that I'm like, oh my god, like you know, like learning, watching things, like, and studying movies like that. It it helps me quote unquote level up. You know, right? What I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like I've learned so much from that. Uh, you know, The Witch as well. You know, The Witch is not scary, but then again, it's like these are the horror films that show that hey you could be more than just horror well the right? witch is so like atmospheric uh, it's very very atmospheric and it just puts you in this right. whole other world of just chaos and yeah exactly. that's, that's awesome yeah exactly so so you know now that actually like but into i would say like horror genre is like my second now like oh. action and horror is like it's like i would love to do so in my follow-up movie i'm actually going to do an action piece instead so i'm actually doing an, an action movie uh hopefully next year oh nice when the pandemic is over 
And then after that, I'll probably go back into horror. I'm not sure whether I'll be directing, you know, the sequels that followed, but it all depends on the story. And it depends on whether or not I think it can bring something new. To right the on. Genre. If okay. not, I'll, I'll produce it. Yeah. So, so. In, in in your new foray into horror, do you have like a particular genre that you prefer or that you would like to go into making outside of like the followed sequel like do, do you want to make a slasher do you want to make a ghost movie uh or do yes, you have any I, that i are actually just... want i i actually want to do both a slasher as well as 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 you know uh, a go a traditional ghost non-found footage movie oh, because like it's yeah. at the the, tra the traditional way it would be more you know like the, uh, when you watch hereditary even if the scenes you know just the family dynamics the, is that you just feels so uneasy like there's something's gonna happen it's not quite ghostly but just like is you know that sort of feeling that is like deep into your gut you know what i mean and that's something that i wanted to create in my next horror film it's uh it, it's like disturbing in a sense right it's just so so from a ghost standpoint that's what i want to do for my next film uh i don't know what the concept is yet and that's why <laughs> I'm, I'm open to script just to see but i also wanted to make into an elevated or in other words, like addressing, you know, the social issues we got today and things like that. And yeah, to make it relevant. I'm trying to follow the footstep of, of Ari Aster. So okay. Speak, right? Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's, so that's exciting. Now, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. And, and as far as slasher is concerned is that, you know, uh, the slasher genre has been, I think, uh, what David Gordon Green did with uh, uh, with Halloween was was pretty awesome. Like you actually Oh, the, the 2018 one. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, yeah. amazing. It's, it's, yeah. I love that movie. It's 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 wonderful. It's just like you know when you actually take a non because you know David Gordon, Gordon Green is non is not a horror director, and he's more like an indie director and all of that too. But uh, if you were to look at his style, it just makes it raw. It just makes it really good. So what I really want to do with the with uh, the slasher drums, and I believe it or not, I wanted to uh, remake. Uh, um, the Friday the 13th franchise, right? Because Jason, oh. yeah, J, like, you know, uh, if you ask anyone, J, it's not scary. It's, it's fun. Like people it's fu go exactly. to that movie. Exactly. Yeah, not to be scared, but they just go, you know, to have fun. It's like, be entertained. Seen, you know, <laughs> yeah. Teenagers get killed in different ways creatively. <laughs> it's just fun, right? <laughs> it's like that sick, twisted fun. But what what I really want to bring into it is, is, is that if, the teens were more, you know, characters you can care about, you know, like the way that again Halloween did is that it it, it ups the stick. It just makes the thing scarier or terrifying in that right. moment. So from a slasher genre standpoint, I definitely wanted to bring to, to that, which is like, hey, make Jason scary again. Okay. Like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so those would be the two genres that I would love to tackle down the line. Now that I've I guess I've bitten my horror bug so to speak right <laughs> so circling back to where you said you wanted you wanted to do elevated horror and make things relevant in kind of today's climate um is is the is the drop the mic character based off of like any youtube person that you particularly saw or is it just kind of like that youtube horror haunt subculture type thing in general uh, yeah, so so um, so what happened was, you know, the idea of Hotel Cecil actually got to me first is because uh, I live in L.A. Uh, so in 2013, when the whole Elisa Lam case happened, it's like it, it intrigued me since uh, since, you know, it, it sounded unreal. And it sounded exactly like the movie Dark Water, the Japanese ghost movie. Have you guys ever seen it? And there's also an American remake. 
Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's called I, Dark Water. I have not seen that, and I'm very intrigued because I I love like Japanese Korean horror. I, I really do love that horror movie. Uh, so it's called you Dark Water. Have to hunt it down. Dark okay. Dark Water. Yeah, it's there's two versions: the the original Japanese version and the remake version with, with Jennifer Connelly. Really? Remake version. It's like yeah, but the remake version is not as good. It's well, not, yeah, it's not never scary. is. Yeah, it never is. Right? The the American version of Japanese movies is is never is never better. <laughs> like hundred percent. Right. Except <laughs> except. For, for for the ring. Okay, yeah, okay, right? okay. You're, you're right. The, the ring, the ring was <laughs> the was original solid. ring with Gore Lebrinsky. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty so, solid. So, <laughs> so I would say uh, go and hunt down uh, a dark water. It's amazing, right? Okay. It's like it's 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 disturbing and it's sad too. It's just kind of sad. It's disturbing, but the story is very similar. Where mother and daughter move into this new apartment complex, and then all of a sudden, you know, like they they hear noises upstairs. You know where the room has actually been abandoned for like years now and then uh you know when the water turns dark you know and when they actually go up to the water tower they actually find a dead body in there which is very much similar to the real life elisa lamb case yeah. which is you know yeah. right so when i when i saw the news i honestly thought it was a viral marketing campaign for another remake I'm like oh, oh look there's God. a dark water part three or some <laughs> shit like that right but i'm like dude this is real right oh, so when i when i realized it was real and how much similar it is to the dark water even you know the daughter's name is what is is uh, the american version remake the daughter's name is cecile <laughs> what are the chances Whoa. and keep in mind all of this happened 10 years before hotel cecil right wow. 10 years before that so the year the, the the remake was made in like the like uh late 2000 and then the original japanese was like early 2000 so you're looking at all these events that preceded the hotel cecil and that makes it really intriguing for me so i just started digging deeper into it and uh you know and and uh, i realized that hey you know my company i wanted to produce a horror film uh you know it's, it's just a, it's an easier way from a business standpoint to sell it and everything else so i wanted to do that one that's why i talked to my producer and my producer uh, also knew todd click the writer who was also obsessed with the hotel as well so that's when we got together todd came up with the idea that hey let's do let's use it against the vlogger culture because the vlogging culture is like we didn't base drop the mic on any particular character but i would say that probably he's closest to i guess logan paul or the jake paul's out there that's, the PewDiePie, yeah. right? <laughs> that's what i was thinking yeah fantastic <laughs> mind, i'm not it. into the whole vlog in fact like i'm you know the funniest thing dude is that is that i i suck at social media literally i've had my facebook and that's literally my only one right uh, uh instagram or whatnot and twitter i signed up years ago but never i never even signed on in fact i only <laughs> learned what retweet really means like three months ago hey, because hey, my marketing manager you. said that i need to get on it yeah i'm with you i just learned how to use twitter like a couple months ago i've been on it for ages and i'm yeah. like i'm like i don't understand how the hell this works exactly same here too and then i was like wait uh, you know i thought it was only like you know 16 letters or some shit and then like you know people tell me no this was years ago i'm like oh there you go right so so i'm not into that i'm not into the whole vlogging culture either because i don't watch vlogs or anything but then when todd presented that idea you know and we created a drop of my character i did watch two vlogs of logan paul and two vlogs of jake paul's you know just to see in terms of what they do and then i i did uh watch uh, a couple of vlogs from different uh, um, vloggers out there just to see in terms of how they edit the footage, the music, the sort of music they would use, and the sort of, like, you know, mannerism. Um, and, you know, one thing I can conclude was, like, damn, damn these guys are fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's funny about um, Mike is, like, 
you kind of like him, but when he's doing his, you know, vlogging thing, you're like, all right, like you're kind of over the top. But I, I like right. that aspect because it rings true to today's cultures on YouTube. So it's, it's literally like it's, it's a perfect, you know, example. And it's also great right. because, you, like, it's, it's a found footage movie where you don't immediately want the main character to just die right away, like so many other found footage. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he's I, annoying, I, but I, he's I endearing to. too. Yeah, I mean, like, and if you look at, like, you know, these real life actual vloggers out there, is that like you see that they, you know, they they are just like us, like, you know, besides, like, you know, when they drop the bra- their, their, their uh, bravado, you know, they have girlfriends, wives, or whatever it is, right? And then you got to ask yourself, like, how is it that anybody, you know, <laughs> would want to be with these guys? Like, you know, so <laughs> I would probably think that it probably dropped the bravado. So, uh, uh, so, I mean, the version of follow that you see, we actually, there's a lot of deleted scenes that we probably will put down either later on as a director's cut or, or, or extended takes so that it actually humanizes Mike from the get-go. Like, oh. you know, you would actually moments at the moment, the vlog stop, so to speak. He speaks like a regular person, right? But for for pacing reason, we removed it, you know, for the movie. Because otherwise it would have been like a, almost a two-hour movie. Well, so, and that's what I liked uh, about this so that. much is the fact that it was like an hour 38. The pacing was it, – really, it was per- yeah. it was perfect pacing. It was it, an hour 38 that felt like 38 minutes. Yeah, I was like, like – just it just cranks through constantly, and I'm never bored. I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, what's next? Let's yeah. go. Let's go. And there's not like you know, there's a couple like jump scares. You that like there's that mannequin scare that really got me towards the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. When Mike's down in the basement, I was like, oh shit. But there's not a lot of cheap, cheap jump scares. It's more like, oh, this is fucking intense, and I'm like actually kind of scared right now. Like I have a, a deep sense of dread. That's like looming in right. my body, and I'm like, I'm not okay with like this feeling that like, I have. Well, or like this, or like the scene where the drug dealers are chasing him. Like, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, Antoine that's lives terrifying. in L.A. I've lived in L.A. Like, that's not outside of like a possible thing that can happen <laughs> on just a random day in L.A. So you're like, okay, this is, it brings in that like level of like, like, okay, this this is like there's that layer of reality. It just feels real. You're like, oh my god, this could be a plausible. A, a, like a night of people staying in LA, you know, they're staying there for the Halloween weekend. I mean, crazy shit happens on Halloween to begin with. So anywhere. Yeah. Right, note right. that with what they're doing at the crazy hotel. So it's just, honestly, I, I, I adore this movie and I'm not just saying that cause you're on here. Like we reached out to you because of how much we love this movie. So we really appreciate oh, you being here. I appreciate here. it, guys. And the respect. Oh, no problem, guys. Thank you. And the respect for like the grassroots advertising you do in the Facebook groups and stuff. Because I, I remember just saying, oh, yeah, like I, I remember talking about this. And you're like, oh, hey, I'd love to hear about that. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I, I looked at your profile. I was like, oh, shit. It's the director. Yes. So it's always cool when the director gets out and interacts with the fans, especially in the horror community, because we take it so serious. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, like I was like, I, I always have people that look, you know, if you're looking at drama or action, which I could consider them as my forte, so to speak, then yeah, it, I have more experience. But when it comes down to horror, I'm just another fan. I'm, I'm like, I'm a student. I'm trying to learn the rope. So that's why I wanted to talk to all the horror fans and whatnot is because I need to learn more, right? For lack of better words. I could always improve. I could always learn to be, to be better at horror. So that's why I wanted to reach out to everybody just to see what's wrong with the movie. And now, uh, you know, like I don't mind taking criticism at all. Like it's, it's a way for me to grow. So I, I love that at those experiences and love that you guys actually reach out and all of that too, because it actually educated me. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> oh. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's double back here. Um, we already talked about some earlier. So, like, um, oh, actually, you know what? You already named me your favorite horror movie, so I'll just go yeah. ahead and delete that. All right, so I know you're not super, super into horror. Well, but... no, well uh, actually, my, my favorite, so uh, uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was the movie that I remember the okay. most, right? So then what's your favorite? But it's not necessarily my favorite. My favorite is Hands Down the Ring. The, the American version of the really? Ring. Really? <laughs> that's a, that's yes, a good Gorver choice, Brinsky. though. No, it's it's a good uh, yeah. choice because it's PG thirteen and they and they really do it good, <laughs> honestly. And 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 well, and also it's because of had like I said, you know, I was never a huge fan of horror. I liked it, but never a huge fan. So in other words, I never like went to a movie theater to see a horror film. Like I would go to the theaters or get in line for the matrix or right? get in line. Oh, for, yeah. 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 For Batman and all of that stuff. But when it comes down to horror, be like, eh, yeah, I'll watch it at home. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's ne I've never been that excited about horror. And then I went and watched the ring with, with the data mine at that time. And I remember dude, it was me that was clinging on the girl's arm, not the other way. Around. <laughs> right? And the fucking shot of, you know, like where the guy at uh, the father opens up the closet and you see that girl, Girl, the dead girl yeah, her head when her head popped. popped oh yeah it was oh. genius it was genius i didn't expect it uh, you know it's kind of like a jump scare but it's not but then the reason why it works so well is because the director gore verbrinsky he built it he built it from the get-go so you know there's something sinister you hear you, you know you feel the mood you feel the ominous uh, uh, uh atmosphere around and then all of a sudden boom you get hit with this and again it goes back into like i don't know how the ghosts kill these people but it must have been something so fucking terrifying that it actually turned her skin pale and it basically makes her you know makes her look like that yeah. so it's got to be something truly terrifying that cannot be explained on camera Right. So that is it, it affected me in a sense that I'm like, though, that is hands down my favorite horror movie. Okay. Not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's my favorite just because that's sort of, you know, it gives me that experience. I couldn't. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the line between I, I what's, what's, you know, what's my favorite and what's the best is the same way. Like, you know, I love Jason Takes Manhattan, you know, yeah. Friday the 13th. Part oh, I eight. Like that. But, you know, everyone, you know, everyone hates that movie. But I'm like, no, no, no. I love that movie. It's it's absolutely amazing. And people are like, no, that's one of the worst ones. And I'm like, I mean, I guess it's, that's your it, opinion. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's fun. I mean, like, dude, he goes to Manhattan and, like, you know, all those punks want to, like, you know, bully him or whatnot. He took the mask off. <laughs> it just, it's, like, it's no longer horror, but it's fucking funny. Right. It's, it's, just like, it's comedy. Yeah, I'm rooting for him, right? <laughs> it's just awesome. It, 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 it was awesome. It, it was just like, it's something I didn't expect before. Obviously, now I'm watching it again. I'm like, yeah, this is ridiculous. But I'm like, dude, this it, is fun. fun. Okay. So we're like, talking about Jason. Do you actually have, like, a, uh, like a favorite? like horror icon like is there someone you like like freddy or jason mike myers is there anybody you like like because for probably, me probably i mean pro probably freddy just because of my you know love my childhood that makes sense yeah like, that makes sense right right but it's not i i don't yeah you know that i think about it i don't have an icon so to speak i should have an icon but i don't have one <laughs> no you, you don't need to have an icon i mean for, for me you know like i i've explained my horror history uh like the first episode we did and like i didn't even really get into it until i was 16 and I, actually jason i just watched the friday the 13th movies like last year for the first time and now jason's my favorite icon because he's just so ludicrous so it's it's a lot of fun to kind of you know, I'm like 30 years old, and I'm like, wow, I've just changed. Because it was Mike Myers originally for the longest time. And now I'm like, you know what? Jason's a bit right. more crazy, and he's a bit more fun. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him as my favorite icon. So it's not necessary. I just figured I would ask because, you know. 
it's typically what we do. I'm actually going to take the same thing. So I'll, I'll take your cue because if, if anything, it's that, you know, remember how I said, hey, if there's anything I really want to remake, want to remake a 13 franchise, it's just something so cool about that hockey mask. You know, it's a hockey mask, and that's the way that he breathes. Like, oh, oh. It's just like, it's fucking crazy. It's like, it's, it's just like, it's something that's so unique and so iconic in a sense that, right. yeah, like I would say, yeah, so I would say a favorite horror icon would probably be Jason. Man, you're just, just something cool about you it. You should just be a co host on this show at this point. I mean, <laughs> man, you're just, you are hitting all the beats that we have here. It's, it's great to talk to you. Um, so let's see, let's see, let's let, let's go into some filmmaking stuff. Corey, well, go ahead. And so, and you had said earlier that like action drama, you know, high drama type of stuff is what you're really into. Um, do you do you have a filmmaker that has influenced you just the most in general? And subsequently, do you have a horror filmmaker that helped you? You know pick out some things and influences for this movie as well um so favorite filmmaker like you know or the most or the person that i or the filmmaker that i actually looked up to and and all that would be christopher nolan oh chris nolan is a god to me right chris nolan is a god Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I have several, you know, favorite directors and all that that I actually borrow a little bit from. So, you're looking at Quentin Tarantino. Uh, you're looking at, you know, Jay. Uh, you're, sorry, you're looking at uh, um, Chris Nolan, uh, Wong Kar Wai, John Woo, um, Ari Aster. You know, to, to answer your question later, like the horror uh, director. Yeah. That I again, like, I didn't see that movie prior to Followed. So, you know, I wish I did. Or it actually hadn't come out because I actually made follow way back in 2016, the end of 2016, to be honest. Right. So we filmed in October, 2016 or September, 2016. So at that time, you know, uh, um, Hereditary wasn't out yet. So I would say now, if it were to pick now, I would say Ari Aster is a huge influence on me. Gore Verbinski at that time would actually be, you know, from the, the ring guy would actually be someone that I would okay. look up to. Uh, most recent directors, you know, Bong Joon-ho, uh, Parasite was, that movie knocked me off my socks, man. It was just amazing. Oh, that was a perfect uh, movie. Honestly, perfect. It is, it, it is perfect. Did you guys see the other movie that he did? I mean, it's one of his earlier ones, which I still consider as his, his uh, grand masterpiece. Memoirs, of, Memoirs murder. of Murder. Yes, yes, Oh, yes, my God. I yes. fucking love that movie. That is one of the greatest movies fucking it's, ever. It's... <laughs> guys, I mean, I kid you not, man. I have the proverbial a boner when i watched that movie it, it was just so perfect it was like you know it's just like it's so hypnotic it's funny but it's not trying to be funny right but it's like meaningful it's got it, you know it basically hits all the button for me it's not necessarily scary but like i said it's not you know when i do horror it's not necessarily to scare you and to you know to have a jump scare but to have it last within you to have right. it mean something and yes and you know memoirs of murder is just absolutely amazing is a fucking masterpiece well what's cool so. about that movie too is it's actually coming back out to a theatrical release um yep. in, in florida I, I can i have to like because i didn't get to see that in theaters i watched it on amazon or rented it or something so i'm very excited to go actually see that in theaters i think it's coming out in november sometime so that oh, is awesome yeah that is that is freaking awesome so you know what going back to what you just said though um because i saw on imdb that this was, you know, followed was made in 2018. So 
you said you started shooting in 2016, so obviously there were some roadblocks you must have faced. So kind of <laughs> walk me through the transition from 2016 to actually releasing it this year. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, so we we wrapped production. Uh, so we shot for 13 days uh, in, in LA. That's it. The, sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Days. That's it. No problem. Yeah. Wow. That's it. It's, it's the 13 days. The script was actually heavy. The script was, uh, was 200, no, it's 144 pages. So two hours and 20 minute movie, right? Wow. Uh, it's a, uh, because Todd Click, I mean, the, you know, one thing that, that I, I wish I could have done like differently or whatnot is that Todd Click put a lot into the characterization, but the only things are because we made it into a horror. So the first cut that we had would last for like two hours and 25 minutes. It was good. It was engaging, but it just wasn't scary at all. Like you didn't see any sort of dread or anything because there was way too much talking, you know, but with, with that version, you, you know, you you basically come to love the characters because there's a lot more to them. You see a lot more conversation. You see who Mike is, who Jess's fiance is, and all of that too. But it becomes a drama instead of a horror. That's why we have to cut it out. Uh, but yes, we shot for 13 days, and after that, we uh, we basically ran out of money. <laughs> In fact, we actually ran out of money during the shoot. So there were two days that I actually had to shoot, and then during breaks, I would call up investors to basically ask them for more money, invite them on set so that, that they could see what I'm working on. And then ask like maybe a couple thousand here, 5,000 there, you know what I'm talking about? So yeah, so it was like, it's the whole process is just that. So by the time that we were done with it, uh, we're like, okay, now we got it. Now we have to have to raise additional money for editing, it, you know, to edit it and actually put in the computer effects and all of that too. So it took us about, you know, several months. So we cut another uh, draft, like an, an hour and 40, you know, an hour and 55 minute uh, 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 so we we cut that and we we showed it to uh, the investors as just a rough draft so that they could see what we're working on and from that rough draft we're like hey the, you know we need more money in order to finalize it so it took us uh, roughly another three or four months uh, so by June or whatnot we have enough money then you know we start working on the post so after that you know we got everything done finalized then we actually started submitting it to film festival so film festival uh that was in in september 2018 that's why it says we'll leave faces that uh so we went to we premiered at burbank film festival we won best uh horror there and um and actually got into the attention of one of the producers, um, you know, pretty prominent uh, producer, J. Todd Harris. He uh, he produced The Kids Are All Right, uh, Oscar-winning uh, film and all that. So he liked the movie a lot. So he basically wanted to come on board. So he did. So we brought him on board and he started to uh, shop it out to other distributors. And by early 2019, we got, you know, six or seven offers or whatnot on the table uh, for, for Followed. So it would have been released then. However, it wouldn't have been a theatrical it would have been more like you know 10 to 50 theaters tops for like two weeks and then we would go to digital so because follow is still a really super low budget movie and i you know as a filmmaker i'm like hey i really want it to be a theatrical experience and since the risk is little for us uh you know it's not a million dollar plus movie right so i'm like okay well even if we make a little i think we'll be make back for investors so we we held out so we held out we basically turned down all of the offers unless they actually came with theatrical. So finally in August 2019, we got global distributors. So they are they're willing to put us out from 300 to start uh, 300 to 1,000 theaters. 
at the, so that was the plan and see how it goes. So we accepted, we went with them and the release date was supposed to be the end of 2019. But we looked at the mar marketing, looked at the calendars, like, yeah, there's too much competition. You guys were get lost in the trunk. So we moved it to, uh, uh, to January, which again, you know, the calendar didn't look good. So we moved it to April. So April, 2020 was supposed to be when it was out, but obviously the pandemic happened. So pandemic happened and uh, so, you know, boom, back to, you know, back to the drawing board and uh, our distributor came up with the idea of doing it in drive-ins. So we agreed and we went to drive-in uh, in June and we actually, luckily we actually hit number one, the box office for two weeks straight. And that, you know, I would say I credit all of that to the pandemic because obviously <laughs> this would have never happened without the pandemic, right? Because we just had very little competition. All of the competitions were other indie films. So that's why we, 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 we did well. So anyway, so that's the, so, so that's, that's the rest of it. We won thousand theaters in 2000, uh, so June, 2020. And now we just went on demand in September. And we'll probably have, uh, uh, we will go international either end of this year or early next year. We already got pretty much half of the other uh, territories already locked. So we got Latin America, we got uh, some European countries, some Asian countries, um, and, and, and that's it. So we're still working on, you know, the other half of the world for international, but that's where we are. <laughs> so, and, and I know you've been asked this a million times probably already, but how does it feel to have like your movie premiere in drive-ins like those low budget fifties pulpy movies would and have it blow up like it has? Because to me, that's that almost embeds you in like horror iconography as these guys came out in a drive-in right. and blew up like they did with such a high quality film. It's almost like two things that shouldn't go together, marry together perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like it was pretty, you know, it was amazing. It was like really surreal because, well. Driving, I've never been in a driving ever before, right? <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really cool. Like I actually got to go there, and I'm like, you know, I, I got to see my movie on the big screen, on and uh, you know, on drive-in and all that, which is really cool. But on the same token, is that I was more concerned, more than I was happy, it's because you know the film is, as you could see, a lot of the goes are really you blink and you miss, right? And it's it's dark a kind of way that uh, I mean, it's dark so that a lot of drive-ins, especially in California, that they start showing at eight. You know, the earliest show is like 8.30, which back in the summer, it was still bright out there. So, you know, our film suffered from the fact that, you know, if you watch an early show for the first 30 minutes, it's really hard to see what's going on because, you know, because of the lighting. So I was actually worried and concerned about that more than I was happy because like, man, they don't get to see the movie either way I intended the film to see, right? Uh, but yeah, all in all, is is it is an amazing feeling. It is great. And uh, we actually got a letter from the American Academy uh, uh, as well. Like wanted to, so basically, you know, if your film was in one of the box office or whatnot, they wanted to record it as part of, of the American cinema history. So that was cool. We still got the letter, we framed it, you know, we sent um, the script and all that. So now we actually, we registered in the American Academy uh, 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 registry or something like that, right? For the summer of 2020, which is pretty cool. So all of those is awesome. And that's how, I guess that's how I'm able to, you know, get greenlit on my next project, which should have uh, at least 30, th 30 times more uh, times more the budget that I, I had would follow, which is really awesome. Now, do you mind if I ask what your budget was for followed? Because I, I am kind of curious, you know, going back and forth with you. Um, do you mind disclosing how much the budget was for that? 
Sure. Yeah, hundred and fifty. Wow. You did a lot with $150,000. Let me tell you, you $150,000 with no background in filmmaking either. Yeah, that's, that's. Well, that's... I mean, well, keep in mind, $150,000 is production budget. There's also post, right? But typically okay. in the film industry, we don't include post. We just talk about the production budget. So post, you added another 100000 on the post. Wow. Because at the post, yeah, the post, it basically, you know, like a lot of the costs, that's something that we can't control. So for example, 150000 uh, I kid you not, literally 50000 is the actual money that actually went into the production itself. The 100000 went into paying for the city of Los Angeles and the hotels, wow. right? So is it, it, you know, it was ambitious because we, I wanted to shoot in the hotel instead of you know, the traditional found footage, which is, you know, you trying to confine yourself to a house or the woods, things that don't cost a lot, right? But I'm like, man, <laughs> I want to fucking shoot in the city, dude. Like, you know, we live in LA, you know, they get the skyline. I want my beauty shots. I want the city, right? And because of that, dude, you shoot in LA, it was crazy like just you know that scene where you know mike is just walking back and the 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 masked man was chasing him and yeah. you know, these he sees a, uh so that scene alone costs us like 25k for like literally 10 seconds what? it's because of the fact that uh that we actually had to shut down two corners of downtown la and we actually have to pay for insurance we have to pay for the lapd to be there for the entire time as well and we have to pay for the extras uh so all of that cost is like 25k just for that tiny bit of shot and then the hotel like every you know shooting in la you need to actually pay insurance as well as uh as protection or the la department even then you shoot indoors in the hotel so all of that cost racked up i think the final bill was like 90 or 96 or some odd thousand for just paying people fees paying the city fees so the rest of it which is fifty thousand. Uh, uh, went on screen, went on to production, to, to the production, like filming and all of that stuff. And then after that, you know, obviously when you go to the delivery, uh, like deliverables, deliverable itself is like 40,000, right? So, um, you know, basically get everything mastered and then sound mixing, you add another 20,000, the special effects, you add another 30,000. So next thing you know, like we have to spend an additional 100,000 for the post, right? Um, so the actual all-in budget is about 250,000. But the actual production budget, which is what the industry uses, is, is 150. And now you, did you shoot in the actual hotel that all the stuff went down? Because I don't, I don't, I don't, th I, I tried to do my research and it was hard to find a lot of facts, but all the stuff with like Elisa Lamb and stuff like that, that's not the same hotel, is it? No, we okay. actually, so we actually wanted to shoot in the real hotel. We actually went there. Um, so <laughs> funny story, guys. So, you know, that hotel is actually infamous by then because uh, American Horror Story season four, you know, the, uh, the Lady Gaga uh, oh, hotel, season. Yeah, hotel season. Yeah, hotel. Because it has, it has you know, it's, it's got to do with the same subject as well, right? Oh, I so, uh, haven't seen that it season. Was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I hadn't either, but uh, I did watch like three episodes. It just wasn't into it. It's just weird. It just wasn't fun. Yeah, so, it was not good. Uh, it was not good yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not good. I mean, like, it was just like, you know, just like you got vampires, robots. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and that's, it's just like it's really stylized. That's hilarious because I watched one episode of that and I was like, I'm not into this AHS. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to move on. So it's funny. You said you watched three and you were done because, yeah, <laughs> I, felt, I felt the same way. I was like, this is not my type of AHS. Continue, though. I'm sorry. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so, so at that time, the hotel was really infamous that so they did not want to film any sort of horror related. So our producer actually reached out. I'm like, hey, we want to want, uh, we want to film, you know, a, a comedy. They're like, yes, what's coming in? So we sat down with them. They, we explained the concept of blogger. They're all like happy and all that. And then the moment we start the ghostly events, they're like. No, you could see the you could see the <laughs> facial expression changes. They just they like from all smile to be like get the fuck out get of my house, guys. Having you escorted <laughs> out of the building. <laughs> yeah, but like 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 get out, get like get the fuck out, right? It was like that. It was so funny. So uh, um, so we couldn't shoot there, um, wow. but however, they were nice enough to recommend to us a couple of hotels that interiorly speaking looks like that. Uh, so we actually uh, we we. Filmed Filmed at the Hayward Hotel, so we filmed two different hotels. Hayward Hotel has 14 floors. That's where we take we shoot the exterior as well as some of the running shots and the elevator scene. So all of the hallways or whatnot is from the Hayward Hotel, okay. which is like uh, you know it's a seedier looking, you know, really old looking and kind of haunted looking. And then the second hotel was the Normandy, which is is in Koreatown. It's only it's got it's only got four floors, um, so that's where we shoot the interior, like the rooms and the, the the hallway where the cast sit at. So we so the challenge was because those hotels look completely different, both in and out. So the key is, you know, as they're running and all of that, I have to somehow make it so that they match, you know, in a sense. So it's, it's tough because the moment the characters step into the uh, elevator, I have to switch back to the other hotel. But with the moment they get out, you know, then I get to, to shoot it at the other hotel. So you got to make sure that all of the shots match, right? So that was one uh, uh, one huge challenge for us. <laughs> yeah, um, I was about to say, that sounds like a logistical nightmare for taking clips from other shots. Well, and the only time I noticed that the hotel looked different is when Mike was playing the elevator game when he came out in the hotel. And I was like, okay, that seems like a different place. But I was like, you know what? Maybe it's like the service elevator or something like that. <laughs> but like, you know, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's gotta be, but other than that, I mean, yeah, that was, that's pretty insane how you, cause that's the only time I ever noticed that it kind of looked different. Uh, that's really, right, that, right. that's really it. And I thought it was part of the elevator game anyway. So I was like, all right, that makes well, sense. I mean, you yeah, know, like, actually the, 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 well, part of the elevator. So, so the elevator game, all of that is actually played at one hotel. So when he gets in and out, so, you know, I started, I started correcting that, but it's actually in one hotel. But the thing is that we actually changed the angle from the wider lens to a uh you know to a regular lens instead it's be, it's basically signified that he might have gone to a different you know dimension so you were right on that like and it looks different is because it's just a you know we just changed the aspects racial up the way we shot it well that's know? my uh, thing uh, about the elevator game too is the fact that i researched this prior to you know going on the podcast tonight and i was like you, the way that you did it in the movie is exactly the way they do it where it originated in Korea, it's four. You you know you start on the first floor, you go to four, then two, then six, then two, then ten, then five. And right. I thought that was so cool that you incorporated that into your movie because that's a real thing, you know, in that started in Korea. And you also have a lot of other real things in your movie, like the disappearance of a certain person. Which is why right. when I saw the trailer originally, I was so hype because I'm very big into like internet culture, mystery solving type of stuff. And yeah, all creepypasta. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Creepypasta. Yes. So seeing these things on film, like I'm a sucker for when a movie goes Oh, remember that real world weird, weird thing that you know about? Here you go. Watch this. 
And it was like, oh, you got the, you, you had the, uh, Elisa Lamb thing. You had the Cecil hotel thing. And then it was like a few other things. I was just like, it's, it's everything I look for. It is literally (laughs) steeped in reality. And yes, you had to change names, of course. And you had to, I'm sure you had to, um, there's footage of, you know, quote unquote, Elisa Lamb going into the, into the elevator. I'm sure you had to shoot that with it, with an actress at, at some point, because you can't take real footage from YouTube, I would assume. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything you guys see in the movie, even the documentary portions of it, they actually all reenactment. None of them are real because we're not allowed to. Use well, it, that, so. That's crazy because <laughs> it looks it looks so true to the original material. So it's just you did a very good job did, yeah. at at you know mixing it all together and you know putting it into one movie. And that's why we love it so much is because you know we're a sucker for found footage. We're a sucker for real life events being put into movies and I just true crime basically yeah true crime true crime (laughs) found footage like this just tickled all the itches (laughs) and it it, it's it's just refreshing is what it is yeah especially for you know especially for a lot of uh not a lot of theatrical movies coming out this year so we've been relying on VOD movies and then finally this got released and we watched it the day it came out and we were like yes this is what I needed this year this is like absolutely one of my favorite movies of the year. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of, it, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Warms my heart. <laughs> Warms my heart. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, like it was, it was, it was fun. It was like shooting on that. And just like you guys too, it's like, I, I'm a sucker for real life events stuff because I think those are just a lot scarier than things that you can create presents. Right. And then put the mystery to it. Now, you know, funny is that it, it's that we, you know, follow to obviously if you watch, you know, if you get the ending and everything else, like there's more to it. There's the entire universe that we have built that I cannot wait to, 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 to maybe in the sequels, but we would actually just close what the entire universe is like, but you know, do, <clears throat> do expect more real life events that we would incorporate, but not just in the U.S., but I'm talking about the world, right? So in the sequels of Follow, we wanted to make it, you know, we wanted to address a lot of the places out there as well as maybe of different bloggers. It may not even be found footage. Um, it, 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 it all depends on, you know, what the story is like. So if I'm happy with the story and if I'm happy with, you know, like if I think that I can actually bring something new to the genre, I totally would, would tackle it. But yeah, like I can't wait to, you know, to, to like get to this close the actual mystery behind followed and the universe that we're creating for it. I think it's pretty cool. It's something that, you know, no one has seen before, so I cannot wait. (laughs) So, and, and in, in the same light of that, what was your favorite part of, you know, what, of working on this film or did you have a favorite scene? Cause if it, if I were thinking it would be when you got to chase the cast around in that mask, and yeah. terrorize them for that would be my favorite you know, part of filming you you are absolutely right that is actually one of my favorites actually there are i would say two favorite uh, no i would say probably three okay uh three three favorite well the first one is probably you know it's it's, it's the rooftop scene where it's just a really beauty shot of a you know melancholic music playing in the back and you play the city right and you watch the city and all that to me it's just you know i'm i'm, I'm a cheesy dude so i kind of like the you know i like the music melancholic and pay you know paying homage to la and things like that so it's just you know on a personal basis i love that shot right so that's one the second is like you said the the chase sequence because it was, you know, it's it's a way for me to scratch my action itch, right? Because in the original script, it wasn't a chase sequence. It's more like, 
they got followed by this guy in, in a mask. And they just basically go on a different floor and they can still see the guy in the mask. But there wasn't any change or anything like that. And when I read him, like, I want to do action, guys. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's fucking put some action. In. Let's have them chase him instead. So I basically changed it to a chase sequence, which, you know, as you imagine, it was fun because, you know, because uh, we didn't have money to basically get the hotel to be cleaned out or anything like that. So we actually shot it uh, gorilla style. So a lot of the time when we shoot it, people would be like opening up the doors. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, is there something going on? It was, we had to cut it and all of that too. And uh, it's just the whole challenge. It's kind of like solving a puzzle. You know what I mean? It's like, because we're like, hey, so these are the shots that we have taken from the other hotel. So now let's match this. So, you know, uh, uh, so it was like creatively challenging, but it was also satisfying on how everything goes together. So that was my, uh, my, my favorite as well. And lastly is the, 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 uh, the basement sequence where Mike goes down to the basement. Uh, so that was planned as a one take like one 10 minute long take. And we actually did it in one take as well. Although it didn't seem like it because, you know, there's like glitches and all that in the basement because we wanted to make it realistic. Uh, but yeah, like all of that was one take and it was just a lot of planning. So I love that. Um, so those are the three of my favorite shots in the movie. So, and, and talking about the, the basement scene, which is kind of like the penultimate scene in the movie, how soon into your writing process did you, you know, decide how that kind of cliffhanger ending was going to come into play because I thought I had this movie figured the fuck out. Same. And that, and then that ending, I was like, Oh, well damn it. Now I have to watch it again because I was (laughs) totally wrong. (laughs) All right. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, in the beginning, we wanted to to do something along the line of of because you know, if you look at our blogging or even social media culture nowadays, is that it, it, it's just full with lack of better words, trolls, right? Just people, just you know like trolling period right so it's like and same with the bloggers too the bloggers they just very uh, uh you know they're just insensitive they just you know do anything that they that you know, that they can for likes you know and so we wanted to incorporate the theme of what about we trolling let's troll the audience instead right so in in a sense so it's kind of like a you know so the thematic element of it is that drop the mic in the character is that he is uh, uh he basically exploits tragedies for like right for like words, right? He, right he uh so he exploits tragedies and in essence in a sense we actually do the same thing as a filmmaker right so we're looking at elisa lamb and all of that and we we don't necessarily want to exploit and that's one reason why I didn't want to use real characters and change in the event is because I do want to pay respect for the dead. And, you know, what happened to her was truly a tragedy rather than, you know, something that everybody should be paying attention to. But right. the thematic element of that is that we're like, hey, okay, so for the filmmakers, you know, we also t- exploiting this fact just like we dropped the mic. So the way to do it is that if you're the audience and if you're wanting to see this movie and all of that stuff, then in a sense, you know, you have to believe or, you know, you have to question yourself. Is what you're seeing on screen, is it real? Is, has it been doctored up? What's going to is drop the mic really just trolling you? Because that's, that's hence the, the the explanation of the final ending sequence, the ending shot. That he leans forward and all that stuff, right? And look as he goes or whatnot. So we wanted to have those questions and have to uh, uh, and also wanted to address, um, you know, the, the, the thematic element of, 
trolling others, you know, of like being trolled and trolling others. Um, so that's one thing that we wanted to incorporate. And then th the second thing is, you know, from the filming st standpoint is that I wanted the first uh, part of the movie, or at least a two thirds of the movie to be filmed in a very voyeuristic standpoint. So that's why you see in the beginning, all three of them have cameras and the cameras are actually cut different angles. So in a sense, although you're in POV, but you're never in POV for that you know, extended duration of time. So it's more like you watching these characters, you watching them interact with each other, you know, so you are an audience of a vlog. So you're just watching it. But then the very final moment when he's descending to the basement, that is when the perspectives, which is completely to POV, which is putting the audience, you know, as drop the mic as they venture down into the basement. So that's why I wanted that shot to be uninterrupted. I wanted you to feel what Mike felt at that time. And so I, those are the elements that I had in the beginning. And I, I definitely, I definitely felt that anxiety in the basement scene because it, and the thing I liked about it was you threw so many, and maybe even unbeknownst to you, you threw a bunch of these horror tropes at us all in one big, like, horror movie sequence. It was like you had the jump scare and then the fake scare and then the character getting emboldened and trying to fight his way, then realizing he's helpless. And then the <laughs> the the quick cuts or what seemed like quick cuts when he would, like, fall down on the ground and start crying. It was all this, but it was all done so well that it didn't seem oh, cliche you. or tropey. And oh, I think that's you. because the the whole first half of the movie, you feel like you're just like, okay, this is like behind the scenes extra stuff. Like, I, like, all right, I'm comfortable in this. I, I know where the characters think and what their motives are. So, all right, cool, I get this. And then you get thrown into that POV style and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, that's how I felt when I watched it for the first time. I, you know, you're, you're thrown into this whole youtube -y kind of thing. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't really watch vloggers, but I know the whole thing on YouTube is like vlogging. And you're kind of thrown in this like nice world of just like, yeah, this is great. And then they're like, oh, we're going to go to this creepy hotel. And you're like, I don't like that, but okay. And then they, and then Mike is like, Mike is like, Chris, don't be a pussy. Just stay in this room that this guy murdered all these people in. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then you get to the basement scene and you're just like, like, oh my God, as a horror fan, I'm just like, I, I was thrown through so many things in this movie. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. And I know I'm scared. Like I watched this last night on my surround sound downstairs, which was the first time I actually watched it on a surround sound. And, and I had to turn the lights on. I'm like, I'm not shitting you. Like I had to like, I had to like <laughs> flip lights on in the background to be like, okay, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not at danger. I'm okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, good. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you know, uh, and, and, and well, one, one huge regret about this movie, if I, you know, if I could go back and I could change anything is that I wish I had an additional, maybe eight to $10,000 more in production. So I can film the ending sequence that I originally intended. So, you what know, spoiler that? alert, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. you know, spoiler when, alert. When they, so but spoiler alert, when you guys go, you know, when they go down, to the basement, right? And then he runs and, you know, he gets attacked by the mannequins and whatnot, right? Originally, I planned it a lot, you know, a lot, it was a lot more scares, a lot more terrifying, but oh. we just did not have the time to shoot. Um, you know, we were like, you know, we we needed an additional about three hours and the hotel was actually, they are in the process of renovating 
the basement themselves. And basically, they had to do it the very next day. So they did not allow us to shoot the next day, right? And that's not that. And then they actually want more money, which we didn't have. So we, I had to cut it short. And that's what you thought, that's what you guys saw. But if I had my way, it would have been different. Like, so after, you know, he saw the computer and all of that, he would run. And as he started running up, he actually would get to the door, you know, uh, to, to try to open it. But the door is just shut. So then he turns around and that's where he would see, you know, the mannequins handle like someone just throwing the mannequins across. He, he can't see anything. Right. And then he started to run. So he started to started to run towards the other direction because he saw an exit sign because in the back in the basement, there's another exit door down the back as well. So he saw that. So he ran towards that. But in order to get that, he had to climb a fence because, again, the basement does have a fence uh, uh, in the real location. So as he was climbing the fence, there should be another ghost attacking him from the fence. He fell down. He started crawling. Another hand would grab his leg, pull him back. You know, so that he actually would then hit the ghost, but instead of hitting the ghost, he hit the mannequin instead, and it broke his hand. So, you know, as he's as as he start crawling, crawling in the back of him, another ghost would grab him and held him, right, until the other, so so that everything is going to surround him in that sense. And so the way I shoot it, everything's going to be POV. That in my mind, it would have been terrifying, and it's just so bad that I could. You know, I, I felt so bad I couldn't do that. But so that was one thing that I wish I could have done differently. I still felt like, uh, you know, the basement scene, it still felt really cool because at one point after, you know, again, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen this, after he goes through the, you know, seeing the, the computer and being like, what the fuck? And then turning around and grabbing the pipe and throwing it down the stairs, you get to that point where all these mannequin parts are just thrown at him. And I was watching this like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is crazy. Like I've never seen anything like this before. And, and I have a terrible fear of like dolls and like just, just groups, a horde of mannequins is like a terrible fear of mine. So when you, and, and there, there, uh, believe it or not, there actually is a reason for that too, which I don't want to really reveal because that is going to go directly to the sequel, which would explain, you know, what the ghost can truly do you know can the ghost hurt you you know or does it need another conduit to go you know to, to go for because if you've seen the movie right you've never seen any death scenes like on screen you don't see you know you see characters being terrorized and they're losing their minds but you've never seen a ghost like you know grabbing them biting them or like taking their heads off and all of that right it's because yeah. but to me my belief is that Ghost is more like, you know, it gets you to terrify and then they it might possess you or whatever, make you do things that you normally wouldn't do or it would make you lose your mind. But that is the power of a ghost. It can't really cross over to our realm and physically hurt you the way that, say, Jason would right? Uh, or like the other movies would. So that was one of the rules that I established. And that's why you didn't you never saw the ghost technically hurting him. And that's why they had to use another conduit like. The mannequins, for example, right? So those are the things, again, in, in, in the sequels and whatnot, I would hope to flesh out more. Wait, you said sequels uh, plural to this? Yeah. So that, wait, you're, uh, wait, hold my, on, hold my on. My ears perked up right there. You said sequels with an S, so you're talking about multiple to, th to this to followed? Uh, yes, we actually have uh, one. Well, we actually either have two movies planned or one movie and, TV, and, and a television show that we actually are in talks with uh, – 
you know, with a few folks out there, you know, oh. with big name folks too, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's something I need to keep under wraps at the moment. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I would never yeah. ask you to divulge anything you can't. No, but yeah, um, yeah, we, we're uh, just happy yeah, that it's, there's it's, more. Yeah, I'm happy that there's it, more. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit different though, because, you know, if you look at Christopher Nolan, what he did with, you know, Batman Begins and then The Dark Knight, right? It's just like, it's almost like two completely different movies, right? It's just escalating more, right? If you remember, the last line of Batman, uh, Batman Begins, is that I think is like, uh, uh, yeah, Gordon says, "Hey, you know, you're still wearing a mask," and you know, the, he had the Joker had a, had a taste for the theatrics. Things are escalating, right? So that's how they left with the first one, and the second one, The Dark Knight, he actually did escalate. Everything had just fucking escalated. It's just a genius. So that is something that I want to bring to the sequel of Fallout, which is, you know, do you continue with the storyline of Drop the Mic? Maybe, right? But maybe that's just a small part of, of what we've seen. So I definitely want the sequel, the first sequel at least, to address, you know, some of the questions that, you know, people might be wondering and then, then have it take place in different continents of the country, you know, of, oh, sorry, different countries, not necessarily just the U.S. And then the third one is where I would actually tie everything all in with the location that, you know, uh, uh, is closer to, you know, one of the, 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 the town, a small town in France, um, you know, which again, I take it, uh, I will reveal the real life story on it as well. But it's, it's like, it has to do with the Catholic church and everything else too. So we have things planned. We just need to make sure that we put it together the correct way. So, but yeah, like I'm, I'm excited. So everything that. that you're going to do involving followed, like, you know, going on is going to have real life ties like the first one did. Cause that's, I mean, that Correct. makes me so happy. <laughs> like he, he's yeah, the found it's, footage it's, Robert it's, Eagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta, you know, I, I wanted to, to to do it, you know, like using that maybe well, I'm not sure that I should use the pandemic as well, you know, as part of it. But one idea that I was toying around was is that people are fearful of the pandemic because they're fearful of the virus, right? So what happens if fear is just a virus or ghost is like a virus that it could spread? Right. So yeah, have you ever been to a place that is like, hey, you go into a hotel and you don't if you're not thinking about anything that you're fine but then the moment you know say you know you meet somebody in the hotel they, they tell you all the stories like hey this place is haunted they start telling you all the story what do you do when you go back to your room you're going to start thinking like oh shit this in this room is it really haunted so what i'm talking about is that that fear you know that that fear of hey something might be real that virus is more important than anything. It's, it's more deadly than anything. It's right? almost like so, the placebo effect of like, if you tell someone or, you know, this exactly. is what it is, this is what you're going to think. So that's actually, uh, that's, that's pretty goddamn smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So, so that is, you know, that is one theme that I definitely wanted to address in the you know immediate sequel to follow, which, you know, hopefully I would tie it up to with the, with the pandemic in a way that makes sense as well. So again, I'm still working on that. And like I said, if I figure as something that I know that like, oh my god this is something that I, uh, no one's ever seen before that I want to do I want to make it then I'll certainly jump on us to, to direct it but if anything is that I'll, I'll produce it uh, but with me is that you know it's still it's still since it's as uh, you know my collective uh, creation with the writer and everything else is that I'm still no matter what I'm still going to be heavily involved in the sequels whether I'm directing them or not now are you going to still work with the same writer for the sequels uh, possibly, okay. possibly. Okay. Yeah. The the uh, um, well, the writer is that he. You know, if you looked at his credentials, that 
you know, horror is not his trope either. It's not his forte either. So this is more like a challenging, a challenge pro a process for both of us because we wanted to try on something new. But with him is that he likes historical biopics, right? He likes to write things that have to do with, that grounded in the period, like a time period. He loves to write a movie. I think he he already wrote like two, three different screenplays that took place in the 1930s and then the 40s and all of that. So he loves that sort of movie instead. So so it's all it, so it's not about whether or not I want to work with him. It's whether or not he wants to continue right okay. but uh the the because the universe the 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 universe that we're creating that's more like my like me as well as my producer matt Pubaker. so that we are the ones that actually came up with the 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 universe todd click adds to it you know okay, and gotcha. his own uh, element to it so yeah it's very possible but it's all dependent on I think like he takes the same approach as I am, which is if he can think of something that he really wants to tackle, then he'll write. But if he doesn't, he might just stand back as a producer as well. But yeah, either way is that we going to, you know, I can promise you that like, the sequel will most definitely be better because at that time we won't have, we won't run into the same issue uh, of lack of budget the way that we did and lack of experience the way that I had. Right. So maybe in the sequel will be much better because we are even more equipped. We have all the money that we need. So that it will be a much more terrifying experience. That's fantastic. Uh, because to to say that what you gave us, you're going to do more terrifying. Right. That, <laughs> that, that, that just, that, t that warms my heart because <laughs> especially with found footage, you know, you, <clears throat> I'll use paranormal activity as an example. Yeah. They're good movies. But the, the universe isn't necessarily expanded outside of, like, two or three households. And you saying right. you're going to give us, like, a possible worldwide type of universe, it's... It, it's just nice because there's like, okay, so you can keep the same idea but have a completely different story and have it all wrap up nicely. It's it's something right. that just is nice to look forward to. It's almost like yeah, it's, it's, it's almost yeah. like VHS in in a sense because VHS is you know a segmented horror movie that takes place you know over here and then VHS two is over here. It's almost like the same thing that you're kind of bringing to this is follow it is happening. Okay, yeah, it's happening over here in Los Angeles, but then we're gonna throw it over here to another side of the world and just kind of keep the same vibe, but also continue the story. So I mean, it's it's refreshing, honestly. It Thank is, you. Thank it is you. very refreshing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and, and and I hope it actually would, you know, because you know, there if you go online, there are multiple. There's literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of events that have happened in you know throughout the human history, like you know, ghostly experience or spiritual experience, like real life story things, right? That I wanted to somehow, I know it's a grand ambition, but somehow tie it all together, so it becomes a thing that you know when people you know, if there's like another unexplainable event that happens, you know, they might tie it up to, hey, follow to explain this, why this happened, right? And I think there is one thing that, one common thing that we can tie everything together. And hopefully that is something that 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 I would uh, be able to show. But that probably won't happen until like the third sequel of Follow. Because <laughs> that's, that's the big uh, grand scheme idea of, of, of continuing with this universe and hopefully explaining all of the paranormal events that happened throughout the world. But still, to even have, in my opinion, to even have an idea of how you're going to tie that all together, you're like t 12 steps ahead of us, man. Because, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to you be like, okay, well, could he do this? No, that wouldn't make sense if he did this. So I'm like, all right, he even has an idea. So that gives me that much more hope that you're 
you know, planning far enough forward to where it doesn't seem like you're going to be flying by the seat of your pants. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to take a page out of Nolan's playbook. You know, everything that he does is that he doesn't like sequel, but if you're going to do a sequel, he got to do it bigger. It's not just, not just bigger and better, but it's more like, you know, like more meaningful. It's like, it's really a sense of escalation is, is what I really want to bring to it. So Hopefully, you know, we'll get there. So we'll see. It's still going to be a long-term process, but we'll see. And, and, and you know, we'll, we will be following you for anything you do now, since now that I know you're on the map and I've, I've seen this movie, because, you know, like, it, it, like something like I watched that Elisa Lamb tape. I mean, probably seven years. I mean, it was 2013, right? So yeah. it, at least yeah. I saw it seven years ago and I was like, oh, that's some crazy shit. And, you know, here it is seven years after the fact. And I'm watching a movie that's kind of based you know, in that realm of just, just curiosity. And I'm like, this is insane. And then you have, you know, you have the, uh, the, 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 the night stalker, but you've, you've called him the night crawler in yeah, your movie. Yeah. Richard, yeah. And, Richard, you, and I'm, I'm a huge, like, I love serial killer stuff. It like to a point where it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it's an no, so, you know what? I am the same way, dude. I mean, like I, uh, 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 you know, uh, seven is one of my favorite movies of all time. Right? What's uh, in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> yes, you know, so seven is just incredible. And on Netflix, you know, the show uh, Mindhunter. Oh, oh, oh my yeah. god! Yes, yes. I, I wish they would do a death. third season. God damn I know. It. I, I was so sad when they canceled. I'm like, dude, this is such a quality show. That's what Netflix and does. Yeah. They fuck. They they, they make one or two seasons and they're like you know what fuck you we're done and you're like no 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 this is a good this is good keep keep doing it ah uh, yeah i wish they would do a third season of that seriously and and to see how well you did like the dramatizations and the recreation of richard ramirez into almost i was like wow like this is <laughs> this is literally alternate reality what happened like it was so close the guy that you got to pose for the picture of him I with, was like, with the with a pen like the pen, yeah, with, yeah with the demonic symbol in his, on his hand I was because like, wow. richard richard ramirez had a yeah, pentagram i know so <laughs> i was like ah like i saw it, and it like the the serial killer nerd in me just started doing little shrieks because i was like it's so good <laughs> awesome guys awesome thank you yeah and hopefully i'll, I'll bring more of that you know in the sequel but just expanding it you know, um, to, to, to include like worldwide events or whatnot. So <laughs> I can't wait. I, I can't wait to, 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 to show it to you guys. But, you know, obviously at that time, I'm probably going to be leveled up. So, you know, that's why part of me is like I really wanted to do I wanted to come back to the universe and, and direct it as well. You know, if we have a, a good screenplay available. Yeah. And it also it also means a lot to us in the horror community that you were like, you know what? I'm going to make a horror movie just kind of for shits and giggles because it's something I've never done before. And now you're like, I want to make more horror. No, that's great. It, that, it, that's it, great. It's because Thank horror you. is such a small genre in the world of film. So to have somebody come in and be like, ah, you know, I just kind of dipped my toe in it and now I'm addicted to it as, as horror fans were like, this is amazing come to us yeah like like come this way we will we will show you the way we love your we stuff. will support you just keep doing your thing and that's 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 Thank how you. me and Corey are super big on that like we love supporting um you know it's like stuff that's just not huge like this is this is a movie that's so good that deserves a bigger audience for people and i know a lot of people don't like found footage and you know what i 
I don't know. It's 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 a very niche audience, but it, we it is. we really love this, and I will always back this movie and movies like this. Even though, it's, honestly, I was watching this for like the third time today, and I was like, "This is different. This is fun. This is interesting." Yeah, you know, and, like, and three and four times watching it, uh, in in a span of like five days, I'm like, I'm not bored of this. I'm exactly. Uh, it's, it stays good. It stays evergreen. It it doesn't get. Old. And you know, I will say, I remember we were we were emailing back and forth, and you said to try and look out for the uh, the hidden things you put in there. You know what? I I I don't know if you saw it, Corey, but he Antoine said there was like some hidden ghosts they put in there. I I, I looked and I looked, but I actually could not find any hidden things. I don't know if I I don't know if I was like not looking in the right spots. You know, because <laughs> but I believe Antoine cuz I know there's something in there, but I just I just don't I didn't know where to look. And because of the camera work and how I guess non-traditionally found footage it is, like yeah, there's some shaky cam stuff here and there every now and maybe. But like all of the shots are very stable most of the time. So I'm just kind of soaking in everything. Right. Not, like most of the time I'm like, all right, let's look into the background because I understand this camera angle is telling me there's something to look for in the background. This, everything was, it was framed in a way to where I was just like, Oh, just soak it in. Dude, just watch what's going on. Even the hotel scenes <laughs> when they're in the bedroom, like when you have Nick and Danny and Chris and they're in the bed and it's just like kind of framed out. You're like, this just looks good just sitting here like i don't like where am i supposed to look like i know i saw i know i saw things over the bed kind of shaking their head a little bit every now and again but i was like this just looks so good in itself i was like i don't know where to look (laughs) i don't know what to do (laughs) yeah there there are there are ghosts that are you know the hidden in plain sight right you know it's not neat and by ghosts i don't mean you know they more aspirate you know apparitions rather than ghosts so to speak and a lot of them are being covered by the actual you know the glitchy effect as well so the first scene right so i can give you guys a clue the very first thing when the first when the movie begins you've probably seen this right which is uh you know the film opens up and it's a static angle of the basement yeah you guys remember that oh yeah and then and then it's like it has it glitches it and then boom, the movie begins, right? So right with the glitches, if you guys were to, to, to look at it, did you were you able to catch the face? I mean the face of a ghost right there? No. No. And that's yep. and I think that's because the your glitch effects were so non-regular found footage glitch effects that I was actually cap- captivated by the effect and I wasn't di- like look trying to look yeah. in between the scan lines to figure out what was there. I was like, yeah, all right, I mean, this- if you were to make it into us, you know, to, to play that and, and, and have a speed or to slow-mo or to even like to, to pause it, you'll see it right there. Like where, you know, in the beginning when you see the, the, the shot of, of the basement and then the, you know, like that shot, like right one there, it should be a face of a ghost the face of the head shaking goes whatnot right so if you pause it you see it right there but if you don't pause it and you were to watch it but you know just stand back a little bit and just pay attention to that you'll see a face is pretty visible but if you pause it you actually can draw the face out right so that's one of the things that i wanted to put in the film which is again treating it as if it was an actual real life vlog in other words, when you watch a vlog, you're in control of it. You can pause it, you can fast forward or rewind it however you want. So the ghosts are there that I'm just not telling you where it is. You have to look for it, but it's right there. If you were to pause it, you'll see the face of a ghost right there. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it's it's things like that that are that make this because 
that's something that I am kind of the the guy that points things out in the movies on this show. Like I'll be like, oh yeah, did you notice this in this scene? If you pause it, like at yeah, this you time are. frame, he, he's that guy. You'll, you'll see this thing like in the background, and it actually relates to something that happens three quarters of the right. way through the movie. <laughs> so when I don't notice something like that, you know that it's it's very well done and very well hidden. Thank you, thank you. Well, and, and yeah, what so, I, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I mean, I, I, I was just gonna give you guys a second hint uh, of of the ghost is where the where you know the first night when they're sleeping and the, the the door opens and this is actually pretty easy to find if you pay you know if you look at that corner you'll see it. Uh, I but I know a lot of people didn't. So 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 uh, remember that, that shot when they're sleeping and the door opens. Yeah, that one I actually did see. And it makes okay. a whole lot of sense that you were what you said earlier with you haven't seen any like very like go you haven't seen ghost images. You're not seeing like a dude that's all white. You see these smoky apparitions. And I thought it was just like a shadow that was dancing on the wall, but that makes a whole lot more sense that it's it's more of like a realistic ghost video. So that's right, super right. cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if you want to play it in slow-mo, especially when the door, you know, it opens, you don't see anything, it closes it. But then when the light flicker, the bathroom light flicker, and then you hear the sound of, uh, you know, like the, 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 the ghost sound, uh, and you pause it right there, you'll see it. Like, it's pretty clear. I think that was one of the clearest hidden ghosts we have. That you, boom, you see the ghost just, like, just standing right there. So right? how many, so quote-unquote, hidden ghosts do you have in the movie? Like, how many do you actually try to hide? I uh, like about four of them. Now, I, uh, I wouldn't, you know, and, and a lot of the, like, you know, one of them, you probably would not be able to figure out unless we tell you. That is, uh, is, is, and again, this will probably be explained in the sequel as well, which is where the character of Nick, when she, uh, this is right after when she's about to jump off, you know, the roof, I uh, jumped, jumped off a window and Mike grabs her. Yeah, and uh, you know, at that point, you see there's a small glitch. Look above, and you'll see it. You know, it's it's just more. It's not clearly as a ghost because it's more like a shadow, so to speak, that is somewhat of a human a humanoid form. But like I said, it's less than that nanosecond. So unless you pause it, you probably wouldn't even see it. But that's but, super yeah, cool we'll, we'll though, because that. you know, you kind of watch you know Nick go throughout this movie where she's in a, she's in another room. As, as everyone else says, and they go in there every once in a while to check on her. And they're like, Hey, are you okay? Your nose is bleeding. Like you're like, what's going, are you okay? And, and then it, she's just getting progressively worse, worse and, and worse. That, yeah. That's the one thing that I kind of wanted more out of was I was like, mm -hmm. all right, why are the people that are staying in the room of the murderer? Why are they getting like very minor, like pins and prods, but the next room mm -hmm. over Nick is just being absolutely just tortured i mean maybe it was and the it, fact that she was just alone and subjected to all the <laughs> craziness of that room you like you know what i mean like well, who knows who, yeah exactly who that, knows yeah it's, it's one of those who knows scenarios and i was like man give me like five more minutes <laughs> five more minutes right. of what's going on with her can we just get like can yeah, we just get well, like a, hopefully like a in the sequel i would you know like i i would expand more on that too but actually it, it you know uh, i i deliberately wanted her to be off screen it's just so that you know a lot of the time when you hear a story about a person getting affected i think it's like showing it like how she's getting affected is one thing but just hearing about it and and figure out in your head what might have happened to her 
you know, it might have been even more terrifying because it's, it's not something you've seen anymore. It's something that you actually try to put together yourself. Like, what did the ghost tell her? What did she really see that would actually drive her to be that way, right? And that's so again, it, in the sequel, probably would shine more light to it. Uh, um, and also there's a thematic element in the movie that you see as well. And the thematic element is that you know, once you are, you know, if you're someone like mine, like the vlogger, right? So what he does is, again, he exploits tragedy for likes. And typically when tragedy happens, true tragedy, it doesn't happen to you. It happens to the people that you love, the people that you care about, right? So as you, as you see at the end of the movie, it's like, I mean, that scene is actually a tough scene to watch. Uh, you know, his wife, is, is, his fiance is, is killed and you know, his, his unborn baby is also killed, which is like really evil, which is really dark. Right? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, back up, back up. I know the <laughs> uh, sorry, spoiler alert. I know the I know the wife got killed, but with the unborn. Yeah, because baby? The, the, wait. one of the scenes, uh, the the fiance calls Mike and she's like, oh, she she kind of plays like a small prank on him, saying, oh, I have this condition in my blood. Yeah, and, and he's like, what yeah. the fuck does that mean? Yeah, and she's yeah, yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. Right, right. So, oh, so, yeah. that was yeah, like a setup yeah. for something else. Right, right. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, I yeah, did. She, I she didn't, was just pregnant. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> right. So, so it's more like it's it's more like something that is like if you are you know if if you bring in the sort of you know if you exploiting evil you know just for your own benefit, then when it comes back to you, it, it doesn't affect you immediately. But what it does is that it actually affects those around you. It brings Jeez. the tragedy around you. So that's why, like you know, that's why I wanted to leave Nick alone because she's alone. So obviously, you know, she would be the most vulnerable for one. And then two, it's that again, she. She's an innocent bystander. She just, you know, her fault is that she goes with Mike, right? So it's kind of like those, those are things like one by one they get picked. And so it's more about how, I guess, the thematic element is more like tragedy strikes. You're like, how does it strike? So as you could see, like, they strike each individual separately. Uh, but it's all of those, it happened to all those people first before it happens to Mike. So it it only happens to Mike at the very end of the movie. Uh, um you know, and that's that's there for a reason because I want him to feel the tragedy happening around him. Well, because he sees his world he... crashing down around him with well, all his friends, and then he gets it down in the basement. And you're like, yeah, that's and it also exactly. that's shitty. <laughs> it also makes sense with one of the lines that Mike says that kind of almost sounds like a throwaway line after he finds the old lady from room 407. Uh, had jumped to suicide mike was like mm -hmm. i don't like this this feels different this isn't the same as the right. others so exactly so that kind of throwaway line it now makes a whole lot more sense to me because it's now him his uh it's reverberating back in on him wait wasn't exactly. it wasn't it 440 no, I think it was four yeah, four four zero four forty four 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 forty. He goes he right. goes into four forty at one point, and then at, and then eventually goes into the room that everyone was in. He's like, wait, 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 why are you guys here? I was in four forty, and they're like, no, there was a guy with the hacksaw. Which is a, which is another great horror trope that was completely flipped on its head and done so much better because there's so many movies where the the girl's running, she opens the door out of the haunted house, and she runs back in, and now she's in the bathroom, and you're like, all right, cool. But this, like the like the horror stops once they all meet each other again, and you're like, okay, that was like, I I knew that like that was a thing that happened, but now it's it's completely flipped over, and the anxiety is now gone when it should be elevated, and it's almost like that red herring that it gives you. And I love the fact that Mike right. was chasing the boy. He's like, hey, I I know that kid. And he chases the boy down to 440. <laughs> 
and he's going down there and then yeah he opens the door but then everybody you know danny and chris inside i think it was 14 28 yep yep exactly. they're like they're like wait did you not see the guy with the hacksaw i was like no i was chasing the boy i love that whole confusion of like no, I was here, check my footage, but then you check the footage and it's just shots of the basement. And they're like, uh, right. is this the drone footage? <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? And you're like, no, right. I don't. And then that whole fight that they have was just so, like, visceral and raw. You're like, oh, God, they don't know what's going on. But, like, I, as a third-party person watching this, you're like, oh, man, I know everything. It, 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 remi <laughs> it reminded me almost of the the urban legends that you hear of the Blair Witch uh, crew just absolutely messing with the cast yeah. so they could get those real reactions. It almost was on that level of you had purposely put them in a situation to fuck with them, and that right. that acting was more real than acting because it felt so. It did feel it, so tense. It, it felt, felt real. very real. I was like, "Oh my god, these people are actually fighting with each other!" Holy shit! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does all this. Oh yeah, I, I I'm super happy that you guys caught all of that. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know that's that's when I when I made it. I I know there was a risk because like. Because I know that in horrors, uh, people like to see ghosts, and you know James Wan is a master at it, right? So, uh, uh, so James Wan is actually one of my, uh, you know, one of the directors I greatly admire as well. Like what he does with Conjuring and all that. I think I think he's just a master of being able to build the set pieces. But one thing that I never, I guess, liked about his set pieces is that he they always end up showing the ghosts and again i i'm, I'm in a minority here because uh, i know most people love it right but i never got scared of james wan's ghosts it, they look like people in makeup <laughs> it just to me it just took me out of it uh, you know so that's why like, one of the things i didn't want to do is i didn't want to show the ghosts that much you know after a lot of pushing from my producers when i actually started putting the ghosts but <laughs> originally honestly i wasn't even going to show you guys any ghosts at all <laughs> well, and, but yeah and, but that would have been a disaster and you and you totally get that feeling because you get all of these awesome ghost setups right and then you're just like nah well, we're moving on now and you're like but but then you're like but then you're like okay now my attention is on this other thing fine but yeah. like one of my favorites was the uh was the head was I'm, I'm guessing it was uh the ghost of almost with the head falling backwards oh that was oh yeah i love that okay Be because it because he had hung himself in prison so i thought that's who it was is that is there any way you can explain how you was that all cg or or what because that was fucking uh, brilliant. no no it was actually it was actually done on camera um, what? so so yeah well we did have to 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 you know it's like the it's it's all yeah you know, so so the it's the the head is a prop head it's, it's not it's not a real head no no I so mean, basically we have a we have a person dressed up right and then we he's wearing a mask like a green mask so we can actually like edit it out uh in post okay and what happens is like we created a head it's like a fake head and uh and a really long shirt so what he does is if he actually put his head down and he we put the fake head on top of it so as he gets up all he had to do is just basically flip this head backwards and you see the fake head would fall over uh but on the computer what we do is we just erase you know yeah uh, his real head uh, uh so you don't see it but, but it's, yeah that but it's as practical, practical as practical gets that's not, it, just, Which it looks earns so good. you a hundred extra director <laughs> points from us because the one thing that we will talk about for until we're blue in the face is practical effects because yeah. we love it. So that's, yeah, that's, that's even awesome. cooler because I was like, Oh, okay. That, that was just a superimposed thing. But to hear that it's, it's pra So, okay. Going on to that, how, 
much of the effects that you do. I mean, obviously there are very computer generated stuff because you you have to, but how much of it that you did was practical and how much more did you want to be practical? I actually wanted like, you know, like uh, if we had a larger budget, I would have used a hundred percent practical effects because I'm, you know, like in Nolan, Nolan hates CGI and so do I hate CGI as well. But it's just like with practical effects, you know, the makeup, it's just not there. And to me is that again, the ghost has to be, you know, my rule anyway is that ghost has to be something that is not physical, right? It's like you can't touch it. Like the moment I can touch the ghost, I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm no longer scared. You can kill me. I don't care. Right? But it doesn't scare me anymore. So I wanted to have that glow sort of thing. I had to resort back to 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 uh, CGI, but it's not necessarily CGI. So what we did on what's all the ghosts you guys seen? Those are all real people. Those are all real actors dressed up you know, in costume or whatnot. And what we do is that in the pose, uh, we would then add the digitized effects to it. So, you know, so for example, the ghost in the basement or, you know, any of the ghosts you guys see, the actors were there, okay? And he does all his movement and all that. And in pose, what we do is we add the additional digitized effects to basically make his you know, make his physical form not that visible. So in other words, so we we don't necessarily, we didn't use CGI to enhance the image, but we use the CGI to hide the image or we superimpose it on top of the actors themselves. Uh, you know, so uh, so that is what we ultimately did. But the majority of everything else you see is all just uh, um, practical effects, but with, with uh, CGI's or digitized effects that we add uh, afterwards. So that's what we did with the ghost. That's fantastic. I, I love that. Yeah, I, I love be, that. Because it sounds like the complete opposite way that it should happen. Right, but yeah, the, yeah. But the way you did it just worked out so well. And it's like, all right, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's you know, like it, in, in the sequel, like I said, this, uh, I, I am thinking of different ways to scare people, different ghosts or whatnot. Uh, to scare people, and I think there there's a certain scene that I I'm like draw I'm like jonesing to shoot. Yeah, there's one sequence that I just created in my head. My man, if I really show that this is going to be crazy, this is crazy terrifying, and I cannot I can't reveal it yet, but I cannot wait to put it in my next movie. Yeah, it should be, you know, an uninterrupted five minute, uh, five or six minute sequence that it's like after you're done, you should you be you should be shitting your pants. <laughs> but I mean that's the goal that that that, that I'm shooting for. All right, all right. One last question about your next future, you know, followed things. Are they going to be found footage? Or are they going to be, you know, and and additionally, are you hoping for more? Th- theatrical release or are you going to put more effort into the production and possibly put it out as like streaming only or video on demand type of thing um yeah so so um you know like the movies that i that 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 i'm going to direct like i obviously I want them all to be theatrical. It's just like you know the filmmaker and me just like there's that sort of experience that you can only get by by you know by going to movie theaters right it's just like that communal experience that i uh that i definitely want to have but on the same token is that followed is the sort of digital sort of movie in a sense like i think it's more effective if you watch it on the computer <laughs> you know in the dark room on the computer screen just makes something more real so i see the the draw in that so uh, 
I am honestly, I'm not sure whether the sequel should be found footage or not, right? But if it is not, there has to be a reason why it's not. But if it is, there gotta be a reason why it is. And I, th- I guess right now it's still a work in progress because I'm still juggling between those two acts. Like, you know, whether should I make it found footage or should I not make it found footage or do a combination of the two, but do it right. So that is a huge question that I honestly do don't have an answer to yet. No, but you, uh, but you, you did though. Think? You did though, because like you just said, if there, if it is found footage, you need to explain why. And if it's not, mm-hmm. then you still need to explain why. So that's, that's a, that's a perfect answer because if you decide to pick it up and not do it found footage, you're going to explain why. But if you, if you pick it up and do it found footage, there will still be a reason. So that's the best mm-hmm. answer you could have ever given because you ah, still, you. you're still looking to say, okay, like no matter what I do, there has to be some sort of answer to why I picked it up this way because the first, you know, and that's the thing. Like when you do a found footage movie and then you pick another movie up, you, you do have to explain, you're like, Hey, like, cause I've seen movies where they, they do found footage and then the sequel, they don't. And I'm like, uh, but like, why didn't you actually explain it? So, but, it right. <laughs> it, but it also sounds like you already have the explanation for both. You're just trying to figure out which one you like better. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. that's yeah, what yeah, I hear. Yeah, I hear. I have. I what I hear is I have two complete stories ready. <laughs> I just got to figure out which one I like more right now and hash that out. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, like, which one that I think that it would be a better, I guess, cinematic experience, you know, like, which one would be scarier, which one would be more in my style, like, you know, so obviously with, you know, and, and um, I actually, so, so, uh, so after I watched Hell House, where this is after Fallout and everything else, I watched Hell House. I love how the first one. I love Hell House, and I and I I connected with Stephen Cognetti, the director of that. So we talked for a while, so he liked my movie a lot as well. So you know, and I think that the the you know he's fantastic as a director for found footage. You know, one idea that I might have is that I might bring him on board to direct you know the sequel to Followed if it is a found footage. Film, so right? here's because the thing: just, if you just wonderful in that. If you do that, I can, there will literally be no movie that I can watch after that because that is, that is now literally everything I want. And then my life can be done. It's over. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're now know, talking my two favorite directors. Oh, thank you. I mean, That's... he he's an incredible, you know, he's a skilled uh, 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 director when it comes down to, you know, found footage the way that he did with the first Hell House. And oh, that is just is absolutely amazing. I would love to bring him on board, uh, maybe to to, uh, to help the sequel to follow, uh, you know, or even like, uh, like you know, a, a side story to follow to whatnot, you know, if he has the time. But yeah, like he, it, that's something that, you know, that uh, that's one idea that I would toy with. And then the other idea is that if I, you know, if I could somehow combine the two genre found footage and the traditional and actually have it make sense and not, you know, not, I guess, betray the trust of the found footage fans, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, then, then I would actually, you know, jump on board as a director and try to do both ways. Um, so, like I said, I don't know yet. Hopefully I'll figure it out well, sooner rather than later. But I know like, we were talking earlier and you said you, you thought you did a lot of tropes with found footage, but like, you know, here me and Corey are just like, yeah, you might have done a lot of tropes. But at the same time, like like I said, we, me and me and this is uh, this is our favorite genre, and you know I I will cling to this movie because it is just so much fun. It's very real, and it also brings a little bit of uh, I'll call it razzle dazzle because like <laughs> I've I've never I've never seen this aspect in 
a found footage movie, the whole vlogger style. Like I've seen Grave Encounters where they kind of mimic like ghost hunters and stuff like that. And I've seen plenty of found footage movies where they take from other it's things. Like, and it's like a TV show or something. Yeah, but the whole the whole vlogger thing where he kind of makes it real and like introduces his wife. And then, you know, the whole thing where, spoiler alert, you know, they're like, oh, they have a baby. And then they kind of, like, it, it's... It makes it real to the point where I like engaged with the characters a lot, and to the fact that you know, twenty minutes into the movie, the the haunted guy dropped the mic. It's like ghosts aren't real. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, and, and get out of here! But, like none of this is real. And that's a trope I love because a lot of tropes in even just horror movies are like the guy that's like, yeah, fuck ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. And here, drop the mic is like, yeah, it's oogie boogie shit. And you're like, okay, but like you should. Probably you, you might want to believe in some of this because it, it might happen to you later. I'm just saying, just, just saying, which, which, root, <laughs> which roots it that much more in that reality of, okay, this is like, this is a guy that's just exploiting people, you know, as one of the themes you were talking about. So you can clearly see, oh, you were exploiting this, which is that makes you, I hate this character, but I love to hate this character. Yeah, like, I'm not, right, a, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a fan of him, but I'm also a fan of him at the same time. Like, so... Uh, yeah, that's that, that's funny because that's actually the idea that we were going for when, you know, when I watch, uh, um, uh, um, you know, uh, the vlogs of uh, Jake Paul and Logan Paul, I was like, God, these guys are so annoying, but I find myself like just click on his next video. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching his next video? Yeah, they've got like so millions and millions just... of views, and you're like, how exactly, the fuck? right? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure his millions of followers, they don't necessarily like him in real life, but it just, there's just something about, you know, about that, and they just wanted to, to, to watch it. It's, it's for entertainment, right? No matter what. And, like, and that's just, what, it, that's what drew me into this movie is like, you know, you've got this guy that's kind of a dorky guy doing, like, haunted things. And I was like, okay, like, if I had a vlog, this is what I'd be doing. I'd be doing, like, haunted things. And, like, oh, check out this bridge that people have jumped off of. And, like, oh, let me do a Halloween haunt. Like, that's stuff I would do if I was a vlogger. So I, I related to it on, like, a weird level of, like, yeah, this is shit yeah, I, w I would yeah, do. I, 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 could <laughs> I could see myself getting into this exact fucking situation. I would go here on Halloween and just check all this shit out and, and film stuff against the hotel's will because they said I couldn't, but I'm going to be there filming anyways on my on my GoPro or whatever. So I related to it on this, like, this weird level of like, yes, I would do this if circumstances permitted. It's... It's such a bizarre thing to relate on, but like I really love this movie. And you know what? Thank you. Corey, what did you give this on Letterbox? Um, I think I gave it a four. Yeah, same. Same. I, I think I gave it a four. I gave it a four as well. Good, because... good, good. Oh, that's awesome. Appreciate it. No, that, and, and again <laughs> and again, this is not just us being like, oh, we're like sucking up to you. Like, no, we this is why we reached out to you because like we really love this movie and the fact that you were so just like like you were in the found footage group we were like hey let's talk because we love this movie it's it's so much fun and i know there was there was a couple of people on the group that were like oh well it shouldn't have like you know music in the background but you know what and i was always it, the first one to jump in and be like yo it but works thematically it if works. you look at it this way it makes total sense like go watch these youtube videos and people would be like yeah okay that makes sense but like because he's a blogger so like yeah. it, it kind of makes sense to have that score slash music in the background so like that's the Honestly, this is like one of the few times like I'll, I will quote unquote let it slide 
Yeah, because because, like, because it, it works. It's on theme. Yeah. It might not right. make sense for a found footage POV movie to have like a score in the background, but like but it does at the same time. But it's also like, it's <laughs> also not necessarily your your run of the mill found footage movie either. I, you you're you're mashing up a, a few genres together in, into it and and presenting it to us in this way where it's like, all right, it it works. And it's everything also, about it's, it works. It's also because I've seen found footage movies where they try to throw a backtrack in there, and I'm like, this is not working. This this works so well. The fact that when someone commented on one of your posts in the found footage group. They were like, why is there a backtrack? And I had I had to literally go back and rewatch this movie. And I was like, oh, shit, there is like some. Yeah, back- like Be- because <laughs> it's, it's such a minor backing track that if you're if you're actually paying attention to the movie, it just disappears into nothing. Exactly. And, if and you're watching the movie and getting invested in the movie, it like it's not very apparent. <laughs> and then you go rewatch yeah. it and you're, and you're like. Oh yeah, that is there, but like it doesn't take away like at all. No, not at all. Not at and, all. And uh, you know, thank you for for saying that because that's actually part of my thing too. Because yes, although there are certain sequences like when you're watching the vlog, there's music, there's also backtrack, but then there are other scenes. I was like, hey, the music shouldn't be there. There's no music there. But then I decided to to, to stick with it is because just exactly what you just said, which is when you watch a movie, right? It's like the 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 important part is whether or not you're sucked into the movie. So if you are immersed in the movie then the soundtrack just enhance it you know you shouldn't be asking yourself like hey is there a track in the back right so in that moment like after you watch the movie you can go back and rip it apart and say hey this one should not have any soundtrack and you're absolutely right but that's not what i would pay attention to i actually my point is to make it so that even when you watch it the first time you shouldn't have to you know, to let that distract you. And I know that you know, a, a few people still do, but my point is that you, know, you, you guys should watch it and be immersed in it because that is the end game for me, is and to have you have that experience. I want you to have that experience within that hour and a half. And after that hour and a half, you can break it apart if you want to. But <laughs> if I catch your attention within that hour and a half, then I've done my job and that's what I wanted to do. But so- that, that's always been, that's something that I put in the... Uh, in the plan in the first place. And I knew there was going to be backlash. I knew it. <laughs> I just like, yeah, found footage people will probably hate me for this, but oh well, you know, I only I only want them to enjoy my movie for the next hour and a half and after that they can rip it apart. Yeah, but here we <laughs> but here we are found footage fans and we're like, yeah, like I didn't even yeah, I honestly, go, go ahead and do it more. It yeah, worked. It's fine. I didn't even realize it the first I seriously, I did not even realize it. And then someone pointed it out in the found footage group. Like, why does this have a backtrack? And I'm like, okay, let me go rewatch. And I was like, okay, yeah, it does. But That's like right. at the same time, at the, at the same time, like it works because you have some guy on YouTube who always has backing to his, like, you know, his little short videos but then it kind of just flows throughout the rest of the movie. And like, if you're, if you're a fan like me, like I can look past the fact that like, yeah, technically found footage shouldn't have that or POV, but it still works. And it's very convincing in the fact that like it adds to the ambiance of the entire movie. So I can look past the fact that, Oh, found footage shouldn't have that, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's still, it's still good enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm fucking in it. And on the subject of <laughs> on the subject of the music, um, how much, uh, how much, how how involved were you with either the like was it all original music that got produced for it, or did you kind of delve into you know some royalty free banks to get some of these, se- or just 
how how did that go? Yeah, what was the process for adding the uh, like the backtracking to the music or to, to the movie? So, sorry. Um, yeah, so so all of that is com- uh, well, the majority nine, I would say ninety percent of the music are uh, uh, original creation um, of our a brilliant composer, which you know I worked very closely with nice. uh, for, for 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 Fallout. Um, so we did use we did use uh, stock music that we had to pay for. You know, stock music that, that you know anyone can literally pay for using a uh, Pond Five. But those music are exclusively used. Uh, in the beginning, during the block sequences. So when my this is all b- before all of that bad things happen, so you see all the uh, yes, the YouTube the YouTube stuff like the bridge and all of that. Well, you know the song like I want to jump off the bridge. That's actually our original creation. <laughs> so oh, that, wow. <laughs> but 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 any other music like the like the the fake Halloween theme and like all those cheesy sound bites, all of those uh, we used stock music uh, on purpose. It's because we think about it. It fits you know, with the about, theme. <laughs> right. Like if, if this guy was real, if this drop the mic was real, like he's not going to have access to a true composer. So what he's going to do is that he's going to be hiring or he's going to be going up those sites, actually pick up, you know, royalty fee music or music that he can actually purchase a track up and play for his blogs. So yes, those are the pieces that we actually did purchase in real life to put it into our movie. But those are, you know, we pretend that those are, are the ones that drop the mic in real life would use. But every other piece, like the background music, the noises that I created, you know, um, all of those, uh, as I worked very closely with the composer, and I told him that, like, here's a sound that I wanted. You know, I want it to be very low bass, you know, very like uh, uh, menacing in a sense. I, and the, our composer, he's, he's brilliant. I'm definitely love working with him again in the next project uh but he's yeah he came up with a lot of the pieces on his own by just getting the emotion that he feels and all that so yeah i would say 95 percent are written the five percent are basically purchased tracks uh for the vlogs that's pretty amazing because like i i know the you know the sounds for the blogs were cheesy but like i did like them because i was like you know he would like fling the axe back and it'd be like and you'd hear wheel yeah and, and then, then like, yeah, like yeah it was cheesy but like i like that because like that rings true to actual vloggers doing silly noises so the fact right. that you kind of pulled those from whatever to use them but then you actually made your uh, like you, god the more i talk to you the more i like this movie because like <laughs> i'm you. getting all this insider knowledge and i can't wait for all of our listeners to hear this and and you know, if they haven't watched this movie, please go rent it. Like, seriously, it's go for- buy it. Go buy it at this point. Like, because I've, <laughs> I've rented it twice, which I could have just fucking bought it. <laughs> and, and, and I probably still will buy it because, like, I really do love watching this movie. And you know what's funny? I've watched this three times. I have not shown this to my wife yet. And I know she will fucking love this oh, yeah. movie. It's going sh- to scare the shit out of her. Yeah. Because there's, it's funny. Cause like, Make sure you watch it in the dark room. And, that, that's, and that's what I did last night. Because the first time I watched it, it was just on my TV. Uh, it was daytime, whatever. But then I watched it last night. I turned all the lights off. I cranked my surround sound. And like I told you earlier, I had to get up and like turn like a backlight on in another room to be like, I'm safe. It's fine. Everything is okay. Um, so, so yeah, when I show my wife this movie, I'm going to turn all the lights off and crank it. And I know because she's eh, she's pretty skittish. So I know she'll like. I know she'll love this movie. And the first time I watched oh, it, I'm watching it at time. work with headphones on. So I'm sitting behind the counter, and uh, like a customer would come in, the bell would go off, and I'd go ah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like it's, awesome. it's like your movie doesn't have. I think it maybe has like three, four jump scares in like an hour and like thirty eight minutes. But like, yeah, I'm like sitting there like I'm waiting. Like, okay, specifically this scene. Let me let me let me throw a scene to you. The scene where Mike is in the elevator and he gets after he does the elevator game and he gets to the fifth floor. And he goes out what? and looks and looks. I'm sitting there waiting for a fucking jump scare. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen any second. And nothing and happens. Then, and then you get that slight false the one slight... with the maintenance man. Yeah. The slight... And you're like, yep. so you, you get that little bit of reprieve. And you're like, oh. okay. And then he gets okay. back in the elevator. And then yeah, and he... uh, Megan Kim is there. And you're like, oh. Yeah. He's like, see, I told you nothing was happening. And then, yeah, you see, like, Kim, and the... you're like, oh. And then the lights go off, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like my fucking my psyche was messed up after this movie. I was like, I don't even know how to be a person anymore because there's so many like <laughs> fake jump scares and fake things happening, and then you get like that one like ghostly image, and you're like, "Yeah, I need to I need to just go to bed. I need to I need to try and sleep." Fog in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and 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 I can tell you guys that you know part of the reasons, obviously, not to plug my movie, but like part of the reasons that you might want to own it rather than rent it is because uh, when the sequel is out, maybe two, three years down the line, who knows, right? I can bet you anything that the way that I'm making, at least you know, if the story is how I'm doing it right now, is that you definitely wanted to go back into this movie. You're like, oh, I get it now. Why this is the case? Because everything that we filmed was there for a reason. That uh, in the sequel that I hopefully to address, you know, in a sense, so that you can watch about it. It's like, oh, I understand why they why the glitches happen. I understand why they glitch here. Why 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 this happened to this and that happened to that. So on that subject, do if you had it your way, let's say, would there be physical media copies, or like, yes, or like a compilation? Disc? Oh, dude, I will buy the. I will yeah, buy there's all um, of them. Our, our 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 distributor is planning a a uh, Blu-ray uh, DVD release or whatnot. I think it's in January. Oh yes, uh, we yes, haven't announced please. it yet, but yeah, but they are. Yeah, oh, they are please let me know. I will seriously January. buy like a few copies of those to hand out to my friends. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I will, I will buy like three or four copies. Like here, take this, take this, watch it, love it. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's it's. Oh, and one thing that I, I know you guys mentioned this before, but I didn't get a chance to tell you. Uh, you know, wh whether there are um, or you know there were any uh, uh, real life uh, hauntings that happened on set. The answer is yes. There's multiple as well, which hopefully I would include those in the, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff as well. I'll, I'll tell you guys this one thing and I have it on tape. Oh, right? please, which please. I will, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I would release it, but it's super scary. Although if you look, if you watch it, you probably don't understand what it is, but if you know the background, so it is crazy. So the scene that I, uh, remember the scene where, where Mike gets put in the drone inside the door, you know, in the basement in the oh, yeah. very beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in that scene, when we on set, right? When he put the drone in, he actually says a line. He said, "It's okay, little baby." You know, he calls the drone "little baby." So it's okay, little baby, as he put the drones in. Okay, so that's what we filmed on set. So when we were editing it, I kid you not, when he says, "It's okay, little baby," right there, so it's okay, little baby. You hear a baby crying as loud as possible. Now, why that's scary is because. What the fuck did the sound come from, right? Because when we filmed that shot, there were about 20 people on set, okay? There were the sound guy, me, the director, and all of that. I had my headphones on so I could pick up all the sound. 
the baby was crying very loudly as if, you know, I'm talking to you right now, as, as, as loud as possible. So if there was an actual baby on set somewhere or the voice picked, you know, or if the sound picked it up, why didn't any of us on set hear it? Like literally you can hear the baby as if the baby was sitting right next to Mike, right? So we have that. We can we we will show, we will release it later. And you know, most people probably don't believe it because it's so ridiculous how he said it's okay, little baby. The baby cries. There's a baby cry. Who the where where's the baby? You actually you know, have where that is it? you actually have that like on recording? Yeah, on recording. I have that. We we have that. We gotta put it into the, the oh, latest scene. Man. The thing is that most people will probably think that we doctor the image or we, we put in the sound because it's as easy as putting the baby noise to it, right? But here's reality of it, there is no baby. No baby whatsoever. And we put it into the sound. We tried to we tried to find out where the source comes from, you know, from the audio perspective, where the microphone picks it up and it basically picks up, you know, the, the, the we figured out that the baby noise were picked up by the main mic, but the main mi uh, microphone, which was, it was the microphone that was directed right at, you know, Matthew Solomon, the, the actor. So in other words, whatever he says, it would pick up on that direction, right? So that means the baby had to be in that direction, be next to him crying in order for the sound to pick up. But why is it that there was no baby? Nobody on set heard anything, me included and the sound guy included. Nobody heard anything until we added it. So we have that clip. It's like, you know, Matt and I, we, you know, Matt, our, our producer, you know, we, we occasionally we would actually go back and watch it and actually get scared, you know, scare ourselves silly because we're like, <laughs> how the fuck is it happening? Right? And, and, and that's just one. There's other stuff that happened on set as well, even during and after the movie. That was crazy, uh, including the glitchy effect. Uh, yeah, one, one thing, right? So one day I actually visited my friend who was a security guard um at like a school or, or whatnot and i had on my backpack you know some of the hard drive for followed uh because i was just off upset and i just came by and visited him and talked to him about something he's a, he's a security guard there was nobody in the building and when i got there i kid you not we were talking about it, and he talked about my movie and i was telling about the filming and i was started i actually started to make fun of ghosts and he asked me if i believe in it and when, when i filmed i'm like no i've never seen any ghosts before you know so i don't believe it they they probably just figment of your imagination I kid you not, this I don't have on tape, but I have a witness. After I said that, his monitors, right? There's like about a, a dozen monitor, because right? he's a security guard. They all start glitching and they are turned off. Exactly like how a film footage movie would be. Like it goes, and then they all turn off. Oh, that's terrible. Just remember, just the freaking monitor, right? And then the lights start to flicker. And again, I asked my friends, like, hey, what's going on here? And he's like, dude, what the fuck, man? I think you did something because there's, you know, things that has never happened before and he then i got scared so we walked out of the building and when we walked out of the building i heard a roar as if it was a dog there's not a dog but it's like i can't really describe it it's a, like a really loud roar right next to me and i thought it was like a, you know a, a, a stray dog or whatnot there was no dog around there was nobody around for like you know a mile away because we we're in the middle of nowhere so what did that sound come from, right? So those are the things that happen.
during and after the movie that I don't have an explanation for. You are more of a man than I am because the <laughs> because the first incident of any kind of paranormal anything, I'd be like, well, we lost that money. Move on. Let's go. Not doing this no more. <laughs> All right, roll back to A. We're going to move this way, okay? <laughs> yeah, like... we're, we're not shooting in this basement anymore. That's done. We're, we'll just wow. recut the movie. Or you know what? Don't want to do the movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's over. The basement is actually real life haunted. Like the, the, so when we actually did the lo- location scouting, uh, so we get to this hotel and we basically wanted to shoot in the hotel basement. And the hotel manager says, okay, that's fine. And then he gave us the sec- one of the security guard to walk us down. So the security guy walked us down to the basement. He opens the door. And he's like, okay, guys, I'd go ahead and, and, you know, go walk the set and, you know, view it. So uh, we were t- telling him, I was like, hey, are you going to walk us through? He's like, no. I know this fucking place. I've been here for seven years. There's some weird <laughs> shit happening here. This place is haunted for real. There's no <sighs> joke. I'm not going there. And this is the security guard. So we so that's why when we were filming the last basement scene, you know, for the I guess the safety of our actors, I actually had about five or six extras to to just stay in the basement, you know, with other people to make sure that again, you know, I always have the feeling that hey, if there's a lot of people, ghost by one attack, you know, goes <laughs> you So I actually had them there, not to you know, had them there so that the actors can actually feel safe when they go down there because that place was actually haunted for real. Just like because of <laughs> just because of the fact of uh you know hey if there's eight people down here we won't get attacked <laughs> right. right if it's one person yeah. maybe but yeah, like strength hey, in the- numbers <laughs> strength in numbers right <laughs> so yeah so this, those are all real it is like it's just uh wow. the elevator sequence that I filmed you know one of the the light flickering it's actually that was also unplanned um. You know, when we did Are when we shot serious? the elevator thing, it was unplanned. The, the light flickering, the second light flickering that was planned. The first one, it was unplanned. So it was literally so, we're like, well, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so so Mike's reaction to the first one was a genuine. That is real. No, hundred percent real. Like this not is... only that, we you know because I you know so so where I'm at is that I've because the, the the way the camera's shot, I'm actually beneath it. I'm actually sitting down on the elevator right to to direct him so at that time when he actually looked up i looked up too i was like what the fuck (laughs) i even said it loud enough that you know in the post we actually had to remove my voice (laughs) are you serious yes exactly because he when he did it's like what the fuck is like it's it's so funny because i was like holy shit we didn't plan that uh fret the head you know like the the head shaking and it dropped you know when they were sleeping that was also not planned what was just yeah, that was not planned. And uh, Mike just, uh, Matt, they just, he he just played off of it. So originally we actually had a different, like you know, further head would drop and would actually shake whatever throughout throughout the night. That was the that was our that was what was on script. So it wasn't supposed to fall, but it, for some reason it actually fell. And the weird thing is that that further head that was there for like the past couple of days we were setting up the set. And there was, you know, like there was no earthquake or anything like that. So there's no way in how it would fall, it would have fallen. But it did. And, you know, Matt being such a good actor he is, he actually improvised by saying, oh, Fred the head fell. But, you know, and you see that if you recall the reaction of Sam, which is sleeping next to it, she also looked up like, guys, what is that? Those are all real because it was not planned at all. It was crazy. Wow. So those are all, you know, so there's a lot of real shit that we just kept in the mood because we thought it was cool. But yeah, it was not planned. This is exorcist levels of like lore going into this because you hear about the exorcist being the most cursed movie ever. 
But right. from from what I'm hearing, like you're you're definitely in the running. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> well, no one died, movie. so I, I guess mean, it's okay. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but it was all it was it was a lot of them are you know. So that's what we when we do when we release the DVD, I probably would include, especially the baby footage. That is because that is you know I I would love for someone to come up with a reasonable explanation, like some sort of scientist or or whatnot, to find out why. Because I am myself still flabbergasted by that. And I want to know why. You know, it's like you can blame everything else, like you know the monitors of the security guard like started to go off it could be coincidence the roar whatever that i heard could be from a dog or whatever that you know or whatever it is right i i, I couldn't explain it either but at least it was like there it could have been my mind playing tricks on me who knows but the baby i have it on tape i have it on tape and i don't have an explanation that that kills me i want to know why that, that's crazy because yeah i mean re recording wise if no one hears it and then all of a sudden you pick it up on your recording. That's pretty insane because your audio recordings are, are picking up something there that nobody heard. Well, I mean, that's basically, it's just, it's uh, just an a EVP. Yeah, it's a, a very it's expensive EVP. EV, EVP it's session. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's not like something that we actually had to turn it up to hear it. You know, so that's, you know, like if, if the sound, if microphone picked up a sound from another room or whatnot, you usually would actually have to turn it all the way up to hear it. No, this is actually the voice is on the same volume level as drop the mic's voice at that time. So then, you know, it is from his directional mic. So then where the hell was the baby? <laughs> you know, like, why is it that no one on set heard anything? And that was right there, was directed to the damn scene, and I listened to it and hear anything. Like, why is it that, you know, it only appears when we edit it, which is, you know, it was just, it's still crazy. It still baffles my mind. That's pretty, uh, but, but I mean, you shot in, you know, a, that was the basement, right? You said it was a haunted part of the yeah, hotel. Yeah, it was yeah. a haunted, so, correct. So, yeah. So was there any particular aspect of, you know, because like you, you, you did use real life events. So, you know, Elise Lamb, who was, you know, Megan Kim in the movie, other things. Do you think maybe that could have contributed to the craziness you got on set? I mean, maybe? I, you know, honestly, you know, OK, so this is now, now I'm going over to the to, 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 to you know, like basically. Uh, to the supernatural stuff but and you know believe it or not this is actually all real so after i made the movie and everything else we get to the film festival and this was back in 2019 where you know like i basically you know this was the moment that we already decided we're going to turn down all all of the other distribution you know distribution deals that we got because you know we wanted to take the risk we wanted to go you know go theatricals we want to take the risk and because we took the risk we got scared we're like oh shit what happened if it was the wrong risk what happened if nobody want to put it on in theaters like we will be screwed right or we would actually have to go back to our old distributor and have that back up to to, to, to re-offer to us so we were scared anyway so i went to a friend's birthday party um you know and it was held that a friend i mean of his friend's aunt which you know these people i've never met before I, none of them even knew who i was at all so anyway so i came into the house and all that the, the birthday and like, you know we just talk 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 and then the lady, one of the aunt, the, uh, uh, one, one of the aunt there, you know, looks at me and she's like, hey, you know, I think you're going to be successful. I'm like, thank you. You know, I was just making a choice like, well, I must, must be pretty good looking, <laughs> you know. So she's like, no, I think you are, there's an energy. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then she started talking about things like, did you recently make a movie? 
I'm like, how the fuck are you know? I thought I thought my friend was playing a joke on me, right? So I'm like, ah, so you know, because his name is Beer, so Beer told you. And she's like, who's Beer? So apparently she doesn't even know my friend because she's um he's in she's an aunt of his friend, right? So apparently, so it turns out that she is a psychic. Uh, that she she one of the you know she's a person that actually has seen ghosts before, and everything else. So she basically just you know, and this is the first time she met me. She's like, "Hey, you doing a movie about the hotel Cecil, right?" I'm like, "I swear to God, the whole time and even up to today, I still think my hand my friend had a part in it. But then again, I still can't figure out why because they're not connected. But she was she knew about it before I even told her about it. So and so, she and so this almost uh, plays true to the movie where they're like, I think my fans are fucking with us. Like, is yeah, <laughs> oh. right. So so it's kind of strange that she actually mentioned it. But the thing though that she actually mentioned is that she's like, hey, well, you know, and she started telling me about her life story that she actually has the gift of seeing dead people which again uh, you know again i who knows what she's telling the truth right? and gift I, in but, heavy uh, quotations yeah i mean like yeah, <laughs> well, i mean like i'm not saying she's lying but you know i've also never seen dead people so i don't know but continue yeah and then she told me so she so she's told me she's like it's based on elisa lamb isn't it i'm like it's not based on it, but yes, how do you know? So I started talking and then she's like, you know, and then I started, cause I wonder about that event myself. I'm like, so knowing, you know, so what do you know? Is that what happened to Elisa Lam? And no, she says like, look, it's not, you know, it's not my place to speak about her death. I do know what happened to her exactly. I do know that there are one than more, more than one person involved in her death. And I also do know that is not just medical, a lot of it is actually supernatural, but I can't tell you because again, it's not it's not something that again, if the ghost doesn't tell you herself, you're not allowed you're not supposed to know. That just bring a curse to you. You know, again, she might she might have just, you know, make the shit up to scare me, but then why, right? Um, so anyway, so <laughs> so there was there was one thing that she said that I, you know, now I believe her before I didn't. Uh, but then she actually said that she said, Well, here's the thing, Antoine, if you're gonna make this movie that uh, if your idea behind this releasing this movie is to make a lot of money, then don't do it because it will you will be cursed. It sounds like you know this would actually bring bad luck to you. But if you do it, you know. But if you release it, but then your idea is that you make you bring attention to it. You just want to make an entertaining piece of movie or whatever. You pay you know you pay respect to the dead, and that you promise to be a good person in real life and use the money that you make, whatever, to, you know, do good in society, then it's okay. You have her blessing. I'm like, who's blessing? She's like, at least I'll have blessing. So I was just smiling in my face. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm looking forward to that. And she's like, yeah, well, you'll see the success will come and you'll see that you get to the number one box office. And remember, this was two years before 2020. And I just laughed. I'm like, okay, she's full of shit. <laughs> right? That's just, so that's exactly what I said. Like she's full of shit. And of course, 2019 passed. Nothing happens. I'm like, yep, she is full of shit. And guess what? The pandemic, and I now get the, I actually did get number one box office for two weeks. Now, it actually goes back into that day. And then I talked to my friends, like, hey, are you still in touch with her? And he's like, no, he, she, she lives in a different state or whatnot. But then I'm like, holy shit, whatever she told me actually did come true. Two years later, but it did. How is it possible? 
or maybe it could have, again, it could have been a coincidence, you know, but anyway, just those are the stories behind, you know, surrounding followed and all that, which up to this day still kind of baffles me. This is a, fantastic. Now I need a documentary about the events that transpired through the making of followed. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, enough yet. Maybe when we do the sequel there, hopefully more shit happens and we can actually put it together and make it a documentary. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Let, let me get a behind the scenes of all this because this, this is, this is fast. <laughs> this is why we like having people, you know, like you on the, on the show because they give us this, crazy insight to behind the scenes of what it takes to make a movie and all the crazy shit you guys go through and it is it it is fat for me it's fascinating it also it, like it broadens my appreciation of not only just this film in general but like the process that yeah especially because you know you said you don't really have a background in it you just kind of jumped into it because hey why not it's something that i'm not super comfortable with and you you turn out this gem that is now in all the groups that I frequent. You know, it's been brought up multiple, multiple times. It's starting to show up on like some found footage lists across the Internet wasteland. So it, it just to come out of nowhere, you know, all this stuff that you're saying is now ringing true. So it's it's a really cool thing. And it gives me a broader appreciation of what is in front of me. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can second everything that you just said. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, but uh, yeah, like we, we just, we, we really, I, I adore this film. Every time I watch it, I, I end up liking it. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, it's good. And then I watched it again. And I was like, okay, I like it more. And then I watched it again today. And I was like, oh man, this there's, there's like a lot of layers, honestly, in this movie like that that I kind of picked up on. I'm like, man, this is just so much fun to watch. And now I have oh, yeah, to now is. I have to watch it in like 0.5 times speed, so now I can find all the <laughs> damn ghosts. Now I have homework. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, guys. I mean, I, and and I'm I'm glad you left, glad you're saying it because you know, like if you if you look at our movie online, right? It's like number one, being a found footage film that has found, you know, some moderate, uh, sorry, moderate level of success, that invited hate to our film. As you can see, there's a lot of trolls, you know, that just give us one star everywhere, right? It's a, it's, I even know there's a backstory on that too. And I can tell you that, you know, a majority of the one star reviews on AMDB is done by one person and we kind of know who that person is too, <laughs> by the oh. way. <laughs> yes, yes. We, Yikes. so it's like, it's, 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 uh, so it's just like, you know, just hater, right? It's just like, there's a lot of trolls and all that, but we get it we understand it but there are also real you know there are also real audience that didn't connect with it they didn't like it that they you know that they found mike annoying or whatnot but all i really and i don't want to just jump on board and basically just I'll tell them to do this every time but oh but always want to do is just tell them that hey okay you guys get it i mean i get it watch it again Again, you know, just watch it again. I'm sure you'll find appreciation to it the second time. Now that the, you know, if the first time didn't vibe with you, is probably because you know the 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 format may have been a little bit jarring or may have been not something you expected. But if you were to watch it again with a better understanding of it, I'm pretty sure that, or at least, you know, I'm hopeful that you're going to be more likely to like it rather than hate it. You know, now that you know what's going on. So I'm actually glad that you both actually mentioned the same thing, which is the second time is better, uh, which was the intention. I made this movie so that it is it's it, it gets a little bit better uh, um the more times you watch it well especially because you 
the first time you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, wow, this Mike character sucks. But then the second time, you kind of get the layer of humanity in him. And I remember listening to another interview you had done that you had said you had kind of picked uh, Matthew before the drop the mic character was even really drop the mic. Um, can, can you right. tell us a little bit more about that? About Mike being more than drop the mic? Yeah, well, uh, you had said that you had picked um, Matthew Solomon as the main character before you had really even written Mike. Right, yes. So so a lot of the mannerism is uh, brought on by, by Matthew, uh, you know, by, by Matt Solomon. Because we, uh, when we started casting, you know, we didn't have the script written. We had a general outline of the story, but did not have the script written. Because uh, again, you know, Todd O'Reilly, he, you know, just like me, is that he wasn't big into the whole vlogging thing. So therefore he needed to know more about, you know, the mannerism and whatnot. So we actually did mm-hmm. watch like I said, a few of those clips like Logan Paul or whatnot, but we didn't want to just recreate him. We wanted to bring somebody new. So when we did the casting, the audition, Matt Solomon, he came in with that drop the mic character. So he did his own spiel and uh, we loved it so much that we signed him and then we and taught uh, our writer based his mannerism to write the character of drop the mic. So in other words, is that drop the mic is literally a creation of the actor Matt Solomon, which is, you know, if you talk, if you see him in real life, talk to him in real life, he's the furthest, you know, a person from drop the mic characters. He's incredibly nice, incredibly kind. You know, he's not like over the top or anything like that. He's like really meek, funny guy that, you know, kind of keeps to himself and all of that. So which is whatever you see on screen is the complete opposite of the actual, you know, Mike as, as a real person. That's awesome. uh, but yeah, so that was his character that he brought to it. Uh, and we just basically like, you know, we just tweak it uh, 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 to pay more homage so that to, to the real bloggers out there. But that was his creation in a sense. That's pretty awesome because, you know, you're essentially saying he has a completely different off-screen vibe than he does on-screen. And, and, you know, usually for some actors, you kind of have some sort of, you know, a mix. Bleed over. Yeah, bleed over. But so you're saying he's a completely different person on-screen as he is off-screen. And, you know, I kind of like that because, like, that's pretty funny that he just brought this kind of weird, quirky character on-screen. And now he's he's very, you know, shy and kind of reserved off-screen. So that, that's right, pre- that, right. that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'll let him know. Like he, he, he's getting a lot of great feedback on them, but he also got a lot of haters as well. <laughs> well, And that's, that's the shitty thing. Honestly, that's really the shitty thing with found footage is like, even the paranormal activities on like Letterboxd have like sub three stars. And those are movies that you, you've even said are masterpieces. And I go, yeah, I agree with are. you. Like the first paranormal activity was one of the first movies to, to really kind of fuck up like my psyche It's just like, Whoa, this is insane. But they have like, like I think the first one has like a 2.8 on letterbox, which is like not something you would expect. So found footage movies in general really don't get the love they deserve because for some reason an audience just, I, I don't know, like, I, I can't they explain. Get, you know, they they will you know they, they get sh- shit upon because uh, well it's so a case in point right I can tell you that like when I first show followed you know, majority of people watched it loved it one of my uncles absolutely hated it right and he was you know he he did mince word he's like how how are you even calling this a movie this is 
using homemade cameras. You know, he's like, this is not a movie. This is a YouTube video, right? So immediately to him, like he, he could never get into it. He's like, nope, this is not a movie, right? So, and again, he's an older uh, gentleman as well. And from what a lot of the feedback I got, you know, especially for the negative reviews. So we actually did the, the so we did, the, we calculated, you know, we, we got a check, we looked at the analytics that we have is that the majority of our bad reviews come from the age group of 45 to 65. So in other words, is that that's the demographic that absolutely detest our movie. Well, you know, <laughs> you know? I, that makes sense. I mean, I get it. Like they, they just, they can't understand a movie that's filmed in this certain sort of way. Like, oh god, you're not you're not filming it cinematically where people are not breaking the fourth wall. Oh god, I can't I can't handle it. Because like because right. <laughs> like movies like this were like that's what I love about found footage slash like POV style movies is there's a connect to the audience where like they're looking into the camera and like speaking to you on a level of like, okay. I can connect to this person. And you know what? That makes me like that person ultimately more in a movie than just someone I'm watching on screen because like I can connect to that person on like a, like a, you know, like a spiritual level, quote unquote, like, Oh my God, I, I get where you're coming from. This is all very spooky and you don't understand what's happening. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of sucks that people just can't, you know, re- you know, like relate to people on that level of like, Oh, I, you're talking to the camera. I can't do it. It's it's right. really it's right. really bizarre. Yeah, is is yeah, and 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 you know, you guys being film footage fans, you already know film footage is the sort of genre that divides up in the first place. Is that you know, out of ten people, probably maybe three will be okay with it. The rest of them are, are you know not calling it cinema, right? Yeah. So we, you know, it's like it's before a movie was even launched, we got. Uh, about 40% of our reviews uh, came from overseas and uh, with, you know, one-star reviews from overseas. Here's the thing, though. Our movie never left the United States. How the fuck do people overseas have seen it and can't give us a rating of one star? And this was before we released it out in theaters, right? So so it goes, you know, our marketing director say, yeah, yeah, guys, you guys made a film for this movie. What do you expect? <laughs> you know, it's 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 an uphill battle. Well, that, that's something that, you know, I guess I did, I did learn to accept it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that we, that, you know, that we do have champions of that like you guys. Well, of course, like yeah. And like, and, and, you know, we have, there's a whole, that whole found footage group you're part of is like, we will always champion these movies because like. They're important. They're, they're, <laughs> well, first of all, they're important. They add a sense of realism to the plot because, yeah, I, like I love, like I'll give you an example. Like Mike Flanagan, I love his movies and he has a very cinematic way of presenting his films and they're very real. But for some reason, found footage movies just have this certain sense of realism that you can connect to. Like this is something that I would do if I were to film a weekend at a haunted hotel and it's just very real and visceral. So it's something that I can relate to on a different level and I guess I guess most people can because they're like oh you're 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 using found footage as a cheap way to get into the into the movie you know genre or whatever and it's like no it's it's actually a pretty niche audience that people really enjoy watching especially for me and Corey it's just like you know like I can literally I, I there was a point in time where when we were started quarantine I watched like a hundred different like found footage movies and I like, I, I think I got up to like 35 before yeah. I was just like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love found footage. I will watch it until my eyes bleed just to see, 
different styles, different variations. And this was done so well just because of the fact that it was found footage, POV, vlog style. There were so many different, like, like things you threw into this movie and then also really cool ghost effects too. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like that are, that are 90% practical too. Yeah. With the head flipping back. I mean, God, when I saw that, I, I lost my shit. I was like, that looks so goddamn real. <laughs> and which, is, which is why I would say that as a found footage movie, this, this is a, <clears throat> I would call it like almost a milestone movie in found footage because it's it's such a new novel take on how it goes and it's it shut again the framing and the shots are done so well that it's way more accessible to everyone so it allows for the layman to kind of get into it because it's not all shaky cam ooga booga stuff jumping out of bushes at you. Yeah, like like Mike said, ooga booga. Yeah. <laughs> like ooga booga. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was all intentional because I do know that, you know, like that's one of the, 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 the decisions that we made from the get-go is that we know that, you know, one of the decisions, the key decision is like, hey, do we make this to satisfy the film footage fan base, uh, you know, stick to the rules, or do we make a movie that is, you know, except, that is, I, I guess, most mainstream available, so that way, I guess, more people would have access to it, although, you know, albeit, you know, um, uh, we were sure that we would get a lot of hate from, you know, hardcore film footage fans that, you know, uh, because of how many rules we broke. So we understood that from the get-go, but we we took the risk. We're like, yeah, you know, forget it. Like I said, it's an experience. I just need that now and in 30 minutes of your time. If I get your attention on that, then you can hate on me afterwards. It's fine. It's okay. But, and but, I would love to see... But that was the key. I need... Like, honestly, you said you there was like an hour, 50-minute like director cut. Like, I mean, please, for the love of God, like e <laughs> email that to me. And like, oh, I would love... <laughs> to see an extra because this was an hour 38 i believe yeah, an extra 20 minutes i would i would love to see an extra 12 to 20 minutes of this movie you even said like originally it was like two hours 20 minutes the first cut like i mean yeah more dialogue yes like i'm, yeah. I'm about it like there was so many <laughs> there was so many good crafted scares and so much like well set up plot that i i could have actually enjoyed more dialogue which is something i never say yeah, like like oh I, I need more dialogue no 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 i could actually say out of this like i honestly that would have been that would actually been cool especially with a found footage horror movie because when you say oh yeah there's like a 20 extra minutes of dialogue that hash out you know mike's relationship with people i'm like okay the way this world is built I can get behind that. <laughs> that's like that's like something that's like something Ari Aster said because he made uh, Midsommar and it was like two hours and twenty minutes and he was like, oh, there's a there's a thirty minute extra director's cut and I'm like, like oh my god, I don't know if I can do a three hour movie. Like holy shit, that's a lot of talking because there's already a lot of talking in that movie. But this was more just like, boom, boom, boom. Like hey, we're getting to the next scene. There's this. There's that. Like I almost wanted more talking out of this, which is weird because I never. I never say that for movies like, hey, hey, put more dialogue in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me up with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's it's, you know, uh, um, it is, you know, there's something that I'm, I'm thinking about, like seriously thinking about. But I guess it all depends on whether or not there's enough demand, because if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, work on the, on a director's cut, it just wouldn't be, you know, uh, one of my rules as a filmmaker is that I'm going to put something out 
it's got to be polished. It's got to be how I want it to be instead of, you know, a, a quick cash grab, you know? So that's why if I were to release a, you know, if I were to recut it, you know, uh, or add in all the scenes that I really want it to make it more of a uh, psychological terror than anything, then the pacing will be different. Like I would actually, uh, you know, we do have scenes that we can actually create scares out of as well, but I would actually make it more instead of the feeling you guys have right now, which is more fast paced, it's scary, and so on and so forth. But the, uh, but you know, if I were to do a director's cut, it will be more of a psychological terror rather than you know than what you see now. Right? Well, you because there's a lot of characters building, there's a lot of shots that are ominous, like you know, that foreshadows what's going to happen to you know. The fiance, for example, right? So, so we did uh, foreshadow that in one of the bedroom scenes that they talk into one another, right? And uh, unfortunately, we didn't put it in the movie, or we didn't put it in this cut just because of the pacing reason. But yeah, to answer your point is, yeah, it, it's, it's it's certainly possible. If there's enough demand for it. I'll certainly recut the two-hour cut, uh, but it will be a different feeling. You know, it'll be like two different movies. <laughs> well, if you, uh, I know you talked about at some point doing at least a Blu-ray of the cut that you have now on Amazon. Would that mm -hmm. be something that you would maybe consider adding to the Blu-ray? You know, like, hey, here's here's the director's cut on the Blu-ray, or, or or even like, hey, there's there's some added scenes that you could see that were supposed to make it into the original cut. Is that something that you might consider doing if even if you get like a Blu-ray release? Because I'll I'll buy that. No matter what, if, <laughs> if you if you release a Blu-ray, I'm buying it. No matter what content right. extra you release with it, but is that something maybe you would consider doing with the Blu-ray release? Um, well, you know, maybe for 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 this one, you know, for those for the one that they're planning for January, we'll probably not. We won't have enough time to recut everything else. Well, but yeah. we actually would have enough time to basically put in extras, like you know, like the baby thing that I was talking about. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, like real, like you know, real life haunting, whatever. So we we put it there, and we'll probably I will put like put a couple of uh, deleted scenes, like so. Yeah, the bedroom scene with Mike and his fiance in the beginning, which make it to the movie i totally would put it there i'll put an extra vlog on it as well uh, in fact actually there is an extra vlog that is already cut it's on facebook under drop the mic you guys can actually see that vlog i believe i'm not sure if they're still up but we we Corey, cut cory's you know? looking at this now sorry <laughs> cory is looking yeah. this up now go ahead continue we Antoine. created uh we created like three different vlogs um like actual vlogs for drop the mic and we created the website or facebook uh, for drop the mic, um, and obviously that 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 platform like, has not been updated since 2016 because, you know, we want to make it real as, as if drop the mic was a real person and he actually disappeared after 2016. That's so right, cool, so though. That's so that's <laughs> dude. That is so fucking cool that you wanted to create like the lore behind like this guy actually disappearing. Like that's that's the stuff I like in filmmakers. It's it's like make this shit real. It's it's that Blair Witch style. Yeah. Of that like that oh, like shit, pre yeah. presentation of like hey you know these people actually went missing in the woods here's their posters like help us find them that's cool that you actually went to that extent of like hey you know there's a media site for this guy i don't know what happened to him sorry that is so oh. cool <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm just clicking. Yeah, it is still there. So if you go on to you know Facebook uh, and go and look for drop the mic. And yes. then the mic, that's one of the videos called Drop the Mic Hillside Strangler Episode. Vlogging yeah, I, I, I'm, lo I'm looking at it right now. That's <laughs> yeah, it's like an hour, like an, uh, yeah, it's like a minute and a half uh, vlog. That's so vlog. awesome. That's
Oh my so god, that's so amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm rewatching it again too. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> it's actually funny. <laughs> Oh, Antoine, um, it has been amazing talking to you. Is there is there anything else you want to say? Like any, anywhere people can follow you, contact you. I mean, go ahead. And- uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can, you know, again, I'm new at this Twitter thing, but you know, my, <laughs> according to my marketing manager, I should have one. So I do have one now. It's called, it's at Antoine Lay. Uh, my name is A N T O N E Antoine Lay sixteen. That's my handle for Twitter, uh, for Facebook, and, and 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 Instagram. I think you could just look me up by my name. It should be there. Perfect. And I'm I'm not famous or anything like that, so there should only be one profile. <laughs> and, and 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 you and you have a very you have a very like prominent uh, Facebook photo. You're you're hard to miss. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, like all of those. Honestly, they just re- they just created recently because you know now that I'm actually a filmmaker, full flash filmmaker, and then then so so my manager basically wanted me to have those uh, for my future projects and whatnot. That's why now I have it. But uh, yeah, if you guys can follow me, just go on, uh, go find me on Facebook, uh, just under my name Antoine Lay. Same with uh, Instagram, and on Twitter it's just Antoine Lay sixteen. Perfect. All right, go ahead and stay on the line for me. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here to all our all our listeners. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in so much. This has been Antoine Lee, Austin Proctor, Corey Johnson for Frightmares. Uh, please tune in next week. And until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Spooky.